Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! Welcome to another episode of our main show. I'm your herd leader, John Wayne. And I am your herd mom, Megan. And this is the big deal. This is the thing that uh, you should always look forward to because this is our, uh, this is the best of the best of our content, I'd eh. say. Uh, as, as much as I love all of our episode children the same, uh, I think this is our favorite child. There's always a favorite child. Um, you know, As the favorite. There's always a favorite. Right. <laughs> so you have that bit of... I mean, I'm the favorite, but that's because I'm the only one. Yeah. Um, anyway, so this is our favorite child, the main show, where we just kind of sit down with a big topic and just talk yeah. uh, for as long as we want, because it's our show. And, and not uh, yours. Yeah. And um, hopefully it's pleasing to your ears. Uh, it is a sweet-smelling fragrance to your nose. Kind of smells like pumpkin spice. Yeah, well, that, that'd be you. Yeah. Yeah. I consistently smell like pumpkin spice during exactly. this time of year. So, and, uh, yeah, so welcome to the Ramblies. Uh, yeah. It happens in every episode. If you're with us, normally you get used to it. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, so uh, with the release of Solo, a Star Wars story, uh, it was recently put out on in the novelization and then digital release and now physical release uh, this past Tuesday. So... What better time to talk about Solo? Yeah. So this episode, we decided we would take a focus on the character of Solo. This isn't a review of the film. That would be something we would do for our Patreon uh, down the road. This is just about the character of yeah. Han Solo. Uh, of course, we'll talk about events from the film Solo and uh, uh, all the yeah. films where he appears. Because that's currently canon. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, we're, we're talking canon. We may, I'm, I mean, I may reference a couple of Legends things here and there, but yeah. we're not really getting into the whole comparison. Any, we're, we're just kind of looking at Han as we know him in canon, ma- ma- more, more through the films, Yeah, since that's the major stuff, but I'll, uh, I'll reference the comics and the here and there's a little bit uh, as it fits. Um, <laughs> as it comes up. But yeah, um, you know, I mean... Solo's a very iconic character, and... Yeah, I mean, you ask someone who's barely seen Star Wars what their favorite character is, they're probably gonna say Han Solo. Yeah, he's your, he's your, uh, I, I don't want to insult anyone by saying, like, you know, but he, he's kind of your everyman's Star Wars yeah. character. Uh, that doesn't mean he's not a great character to like if you like him. Yeah. Uh, it You know, it just means, I think that He's so awesome, anyone could like him, and so I think that's why he's very popular. And I like him because he's basically the space version of Indiana Jones. Exactly. I I like Indiana Jones. Yeah, a little bit more cool than Indy, but... Yeah, well, belongs in a museum. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Harrison Ford does, yes, now. Jeez Louise, granddad, just go take a nap. Yeah, take the earring out and take a nap. Um, But anyway, so uh, he... Solo is uh, a character we love, not necessarily either of our favorites, um, but uh, definitely a character that is near and dear and special to Star Wars that we just wanted to kind of highlight and talk about a little bit at a time when it seemed appropriate. 
Yeah, your favorite character got shot down by... He did not. No? He got poked in the back True. by a stick. <laughs> and Being technically he was killed by his jetpack. Let's just put it that way because it sounds a little bit cooler. Yeah. We won't go into the details. We'll just say Boba was killed by his jetpack. The most iconic line of Boba Fett. Ah! <laughs> uh, so, no, no, <laughs> no. As you wish. Um, yeah, probably. And it was on that day that Vader realized what he was saying was really, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That is one of my favorite references about Boba Fett. Anyway. Yeah, so, uh, again, I don't want anyone thinking we're going to dive deep into the film. We'll, uh, we will talk about uh, Solo, the Star Wars story, a bit because yeah, it's, it's literally relevant. a film all about Solo. Yeah. So it'll have the most to kind of talk about story-wise, whereas we'll just kind of highlight uh, Han and the original trilogy and in the sequel trilogy and everything like that. Um, so if I don't mention L3 enough or if we don't talk enough about Lando's cape collection, yeah. don't worry. Which it will come up. Um, we will have a Solo uh, discussion as far as the film. Uh, at some point on our Patreon, so... Yeah, so look out for that. Yes. And if you're not following us on Patreon, why? <laughs> yes, do that. Uh, but anyway, It's all right. my birthday month. So to set the course for you guys, we'll, we'll talk about some of his... Uh, the development behind Han Solo, some of the concept and development of his character through the years and some behind-the-scenes stuff. And then we'll dive into the character himself, starting with the younger years, so the... The solo is Star Wars story solo, uh, and then we'll get into the more uh, the original trilogy, the classic Han Solo that we know and love, and then get into post Return of the Jedi, uh, Granddad Solo moments. <laughs> Grandpappy Solo. He'll never be a grandpappy, Aww. sadly. Uh, yeah. But anyway. But we'll get into that. Yeah. I think that's like when we do our conversation about the uh, the sequels. We'll get into that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and it's coming. Don't so worry. So that, that's sort of our track and our map for this episode. And yeah. of course, along the way, many, many a rambles <laughs> to be had. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully it's fun. And as we go along, maybe you'll learn something about the character and maybe we'll say something wrong and you can pipe up on Twitter and tell us how wrong we are about something. Yeah. I will say a lot of what we're talking about is things of the character that are definite, but also a lot of our perspective. Um, so when we say a certain characteristic of Solo is, you know, his love of fanny packs, Jeez that's in our interpretation. Where you know, we, we, we he all? seems like a fanny pack guy. He uh, really does. Nothing, nothing. Canon says that, but like you know, looking at the uh, direction they're going with a lot of the Solo merch, kind of making it look very eighties stylish. Mm -hmm. definitely seems like there would be a Millennium Falcon fanny pack out there. Which, If there is one, buy it for me. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone finds a, a If anyone finds a uh, Star Wars fanny pack, I Megan, will, is, uh, Megan is looking. I will pay fives of dollars for that. Fives of dollars. Yes. Uh, a million doll hairs. <laughs> oh. I have those. So, Don't ask. Um, yeah, so let's uh, get ready. Uh, let's look ahead to uh, some of the behind the scenes, the building of the solo that we love. Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, Star Wars went through 
quite a few phases in its development, in its, its writing. It's not a phase, Mom. What? Not a phase. It is a phase. In the case of Star Wars, uh, yes. it went through uh, quite a few drafts. And we, uh, of course, along the way got uh, great art uh, bringing Lucas's vision to life um, from Ralph McQuarrie. There's a lot of great early concepts where you get to see just how different Star Wars might have been. And uh, also, if if anyone's interested in just kind of going through that story, there is a Dark Horse comic series called The Star Wars, which does that. It it, it takes the early drafts of Lucas's Star Wars and uh, puts it into comic form. Um, What it possibly might have looked like had his first draft been the draft. Yeah. But just how weird might it have been, Megan? Quite. 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 If we just talk, <laughs> just looking at uh, Solo in his early stages, uh, Boy, it was very different. Um, very different character. So in the Star Wars rough draft uh, completed in 1974, so this is well before release, well, well early uh, to when anything was definite. Uh, yeah. Solo is a Eurelian and is described as a huge green-skinned monster with no nose and large gills. Sexy. I love a guild man. Um, he was a member of the Jedi Bendu, uh, which is, or is the earliest concept of <coughs> essentially what was the Jedi uh, in the final draft, and an old friend of General Skywalker, the original uh, main character. Uh, the Eurelian species was known in the early draft for hunting Wookiees on Yavin, and Chewbacca was a Wookiee that was freed by Han from trappers. That's very interesting. That's a certain... certain special. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, it's interesting to see that that was something Lucas wanted to do from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and, and this is when it, Chewbacca was what Zeb is now when yeah. he looked like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so very, very early, uh, Han, I mean, it would have been interesting because Han is such a main character if he was an alien. Yeah. I mean, I would have liked to see that. I think we are ready for that now. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, a big part of why Lucas changes is, is, is for the identification between the character and people. So, and I feel like that was a good choice with, with this important of a character. I feel like, uh, it was a little, it it was essential. And we talked briefly about it in the last episode that we did. We, I think both of us would really like to see a non-human main character. Yeah. I mean, I think we're in the stage now where that's more acceptable. I think, you know, a lot of shows have shown that it doesn't need to be a human yeah, definitely. Um, but that's, I think, just because storytelling t- has evolved and the way that we create characters that are non-human, that are relatable to human, yeah. uh, has changed significantly. Like, I'm not even completely sure that I'm a human. I'm sure. I'm just a skeleton with meat. Aren't we all? Exactly. We're all... Listen, dog. We're all mech suits being driven by a squishy brain. I... Okay. Um, <laughs> Pregnant women are just sure submarines. 
pretty sure there's a movie or anime about that or something. It's Krang. Um, <laughs> yeah. Bring me those turtles and also a bacon sandwich. Oh, man, this is quality content right here. Uh, so, yeah, so really there's not much else. Um, the big similarities seem to be that in the personality of Han, it wasn't terribly different. Uh, and, of course, in the relationship to Chewbacca, uh, not different very much. The whole being part of the being connected to the Jedi was interesting because uh, Han, as we know him, of course, was distanced from the idea of mythology and Jedi and the yeah. Force and everything. Um, so I almost wonder if maybe uh, he might have had a bit of a cynical look at it, like, oh, it failed and the Empire took over kind of thing. Or, yeah. or if he was just like, no, nah, I retired. <laughs> or, you know, I got to watch and retire or something. Yeah, I, um, I teach now. Right. Uh, but that was the earliest draft. Lucas went on to refine his story and Solo evolved into a burly, bearded space pirate. Yeah, that was modeled quite a bit after what would be Indiana Jones. Uh, probably so. Yeah. Um, Lucas settled on the idea of a human so that he could develop more of a relationship between the film's three primary pri primary characters. Yeah. Uh, Chewbacca then filled the role of the alien sidekick. Uh, it was in that second draft that Solo was a reluctant hero in the climactic final battle, yeah. originally not wanting to help, but later having a change of heart. Yeah. Uh, and here's a question for you, Herd. Uh, tweet us on the Twitter, which is a good way to do it, or like comments on Facebook. Which of us is the alien sidekick? Clearly you. <laughs> I'd like to know your opinion. I'd like to know the Herd's opinion, John. Right. Well, it's you. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Maybe. Um, so, yeah. So, this is getting a little bit closer. This is what a lot of Han concept art we see is, um, where he's a bit more, uh, obviously, human. He's a little bit younger. Yeah. Um, and. Which Harrison Ford was 30s, something like that. I think so. Um, I mean, the character of Han at that point is 30-something. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think the idea, which uh, it, we'll get to in this next little section, but, I mean, it's cl it's clearly starting to get more towards that mid-aged range. I, I say mid-aged, but <laughs> that, that middle ground of age that's relatable. Yeah. And yet you look up to... Yeah. Kind of thing. In our life right now, middle-aged is, I don't know, 32. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I mean, according to some, you're a, a young you're a young adult until 35. So mm. uh, I think they're just trying to extend themselves okay. as long as they can. Yeah, uh, anyway. I'm fine. Um, so it's starting to get more into the Han, we know, but by... August 1975, when Lucas had written his third draft, Solo was described as a tough James Dean-style star pilot with uh, about 25 years old, a cowboy in a starship, simple, sentimental, and sure of himself. Yes. Uh, and this is the uh, incarnation that's closest to what we get in the final film. Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting how much persisted, how much seem to continue uh, in the character of Solo, you know, how much, I, and I, that's what I think 
you know, when George Lucas talks about, oh, no, he knew the whole story a lot. Um, I think this is what he meant, is he had a general line of thought. Yeah. And then as he would go down that line, it would evolve into what it eventually would be. You know? So I don't think necessarily, no. I, I've written all 20 episodes of Star Wars. I, I think he just had a general idea of backstories and history as he was creating uh, the original trilogy. And there would be these sort of hard truths that would persist, but for the most part, a lot of it, was, a, a lot of surrounding stuff was malleable. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because certain things like the Jedi and the whole Skywalker family tree and all this other stuff and, you know, the uh, partnership between Han and Chewie and uh, the kind of, all, all of that wraps up to sound like the Star Wars we know, uh, just playing out a little bit differently. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. Um, so now at this point we have an idea of, or well, Lucas has an idea of who Solo is. And so it begins ha uh, casting and looking for who will bring Solo to life. Uh, funnily enough, uh, when casting for Solo, Harrison Ford was originally not allowed to audition. Mm -hmm. um, there are sources like Wikipedia that use the hard uh, phrase forbidden from auditioning. Forbidden. Um, it's interesting. Uh, Lucas had previously worked with Ford on American Graffiti and was, mm -hmm. uh, in, uh, almost said Han, and uh, Ford was working carpentry at the time uh, with Lucas, yeah. uh, which was his primary trade um, outside of uh, acting and whatnot. And so Ford was brought in just to read with actual auditioning uh, actors for the roles. Uh, and everything. So he was meant to just be a bounce off. And apparently Lucas was just so impressed with that, that he was like, yeah, okay. You, you've, got, yeah. you've got the job. You, you can do it. You're, you're, <laughs> you forgot the goiter. You'll be hard. <laughs> um, and, and so then yeah, there we go. We have, we have our solo. Uh, apparently Ford mm -hmm. portrayed him uh, in the ideal, uh, cynical, rough edged kind of character. Uh, that we end up knowing and loving. Um, so it, it's, it's interesting how that kind of worked out and what might have been. Um, you know, certainly there was lots of talent lined up for the role of Solo. So Yeah. Uh, and, and at this point, Ford was still fairly new. Yeah. Uh, definitely young and upcoming. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that American Graffiti was his first I think time. so. I think so. In the film sphere. He was still very new by 77. When this came out, yes. he was still very fresh. Uh, but very quickly, obviously, you know, Indiana Jones came following this. And, of course, a lot of the Jack Ryan stuff. Which, Indiana Jones is one of the best movies of all time. Indiana Jones is not a movie. Indiana Jones franchise is one of the best movie franchises of all time. Okay. There you go. Um, I will stand by that. I will plant my feet in the ground and grow carrots. I would argue that the prequels are better films than the sequel that we got of Crystal Skull. I, I think that any of the prequels, it stacks up better than Crystal Skull. The first three Indiana Jones movies are the best movies of all time. Apparently, uh, apparently they're working on one, and maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll see that. Um, apparently, Ford's coming back, uh, I think. 
I, I'm, I'll say Crystal, Crystal Skull does have redeeming fac- factors. I think there are, are things in there that I do enjoy, uh, but it definitely, definitely different. Yeah. Definitely, definitely uh, a different indie. Um, I'm anyway. going to reserve judgment. Well, we'll reserve judgment for our Indiana Jones podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So Ford, Harrison Ford, uh, was actually pushing for the death of Han back uh, towards Empire Return of the Jedi. Um, I think he wanted to die uh, by Empire, but they said, hey, no, let's let's kind of sideline your character a little bit. Um yeah just in case he didn't want to come back. He, he did sign on for the other two films, but he didn't want to. Yeah. And so I think they were kind of giving him a possible out, uh, just out of uncertainty. Uh, Harrison, he wasn't just like, I don't like doing this. I don't like this character. He should die. You know, he, he had ideas for the story, you know, that it would fit and that it would work. Um, you know, Ford's kind of vision of, of, Han Solo is definitely less maturing. He kind of he kind of sees him as he is when we first get to meet him and says, you know, he's not really going anywhere. He should just die. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that he's not a likable or fun character. Uh, if anything, that's a more reason why he should die. Uh, you know, people like him, but he's not going anywhere. So if somebody has to die, why not kill him? Yeah. Um, uh, but Lucas forbade that he was totally against that the whole time. Uh, it, it, the director of Return of the Jedi, I think, even considered it. Yeah. Um, I think he was considering killing Han in the beginning of Return of the Jedi to kind of add some uh, <laughs> weight and gravity to the situation. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have done something. Well, I mean, it would have been significant in the sense that, you know, nobody's safe. You know, main characters are not. This is This is war. This is real losses happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't really get that too often unless the story explicitly calls for it. Yeah, especially not in, like, fantasy films. Yeah, like, you have your main cast, and they they make it through. They go through some tough crap, crap but they make it through. <laughs> I don't want to go through tr- tough crub. Crub. Crub, crub. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's what I say. Harrison Ford wasn't just coming from the, I want out. He was coming from the, you know, this would add to the story yeah um of course he wouldn't get this uh for many 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 years yeah but um it, it, it did it did add something to the story it was it was interesting oh yes when when it actually happened it did and, and i think yeah you know obviously back then they did not write knowing that that was going to be what was going to happen yeah but like I, I literally heard you audibly gasp when that well, happened I, I mean yeah say what you will about the whole you could see it coming, but at the same time, you you have that moment of like, wow. Because uh, think about this: Ben Kenobi dying in Episode Four was sad because he was a sweet old man. Imagine that you what? Yeah, sorry, my brain kind of um, filled in an incorrect thing. <laughs> sorry. Imagine you had the prequels first. Yeah, you came to love Obi Wan as a Padawan, as a struggling master, and. Yeah you know, saw him through the tragedy and everything, and then he dies. There's so much more gravity because now you've come to know and love this character even more. Yeah. Um, And you don't know he's coming back. Yeah, you get the weird forced talk at the end, but you don't know what that means. You don't know that you're going to... Here's the false Luke. 
you don't you don't know that you're going to get to see him again. Yeah. You think that's it. And so with with Han, that's what that was. You know, I mean, I had had 20 years um, with or 20 or more years with the original trilogy by that point. Yeah. Lots of time to come to love Han Solo as a character and to, you know, see him in such a place of um, significance yeah. uh, in the galaxy. And so, you know, for them to make, for them to go for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I honestly thought the only one who will die in the sequel trilogy was going to be Luke. Um, yeah. I thought Chewbacca was going to die. I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. I would have, I, oh I would have been gosh. even more yeah, upset. I would have, that one. You would have walked out of the theater. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause Chewbacca's death in the new Jedi order is a big hot button for me of, I don't like it. Like yeah. it's a, it's a hard, fast no. Yeah. And, and so that would have been, that would have been yeah too much for me, but. And it's, it makes us think of what are we going to do when the actor dies? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I cannot imagine. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but, um, I don't want to think it, about it. It was, it was, it was definitely significant, um, when he died in The Force Awakens. But oh, absolutely. It served so much better to see him, uh, kind of grow over the originally in original trilogy. And obviously, yeah, yeah, there was some regression. But that ending, that, that ending moment, I think, is where he, he plateaued up again. Like, that's when he redeemed himself and came up to the hero Han Solo again you know, um, that we love. And so I think that carried so much more to it than if he had just died as a cool action hero. Yeah. I think, I think there was much more depth to what he did. Yeah. Uh, in the force Awakens, And I think the way that he died being killed by his son held yeah. such a weight, you know, he didn't just die in a space battle that would have been easier yeah. to, you know, deal with, but no, his son looked it him in the eye. It was very emotional. Yeah. yeah. It was much bigger than you ever thought Han Solo's death yeah. would would be. The only thing I can equate it to is like Sirius Black's death in Order of the Phoenix. In the book. In the book, definitely. Yeah, because the movie just too quick paced. Just I don't <laughs> I don't feel like, I, and that's just you know when you're when you're reading a book it, you're lingering on every mm -hmm. moment. Yeah, it, I literally slammed the book shut and threw it against the wall yeah. when that happened. Um. So, you know, as it's that as that translates to film, it moves yeah. quickly and I but I feel like it lost a lot of I mean, they don't even take real time to kind of acknowledge, you know, that he calls Harry James or anything. Yeah. Like and it just it just feels like it's going so quickly that I can't yeah. feel anything. And like it really kind of glosses well, it doesn't gloss over the fact, but you don't really get to sit with the fact that Sirius had he had plans to have Harry move in with him after all this. Yeah. Like and, he was going to at the end of the year. Yeah. And, and and so that's that weight that I think Han Solo's death did have. <laughs> that's right. We're talking about Star Wars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, but I mean, it, it, it is, it, it's a good point that you were, you were bathed in the emotion. Yes. You know, it was like watching it for, I mean, you the know, movie. obviously, you know, having repeatedly watched it, it, it feels just like beat for beat. But, you know, if you can regress back to that first time you watched it 
it is painstakingly slow and emotional. Yeah, there's you like know. that moment of you hear the lightsaber and then it's like a beat and yeah. then you well, realize and, what and just even, happened. And even back to when he calls, you know, Ben's name. Yeah. And, and then, you know, that you have the time where you linger with him as he walks across the bridge to him. Uh, it, it, all of it just, yeah. it, and you know, and JJ Abrams talks about like, that was the big moment in their filming. That yeah. was, that was the one everybody was watching. Everybody was glued in, you know, it was, it was just yeah trapping. Uh, and, and I think that's so much more significant, like you were saying, than a quick paced got shot down in a battle. Yeah. Uh, it, it does seem more appropriate. Yeah. With Han, but but this yeah, like works. That'd be a suitable death for the old Han, but this yes. Han who is not only you know a smuggler, he's a father. Mm-hmm. He's a father figure to Ray. You know he's he's grown so much. Mm-hmm. No matter how much he's regressed, yeah, he's a freaking war hero mm-hmm. for Pete's sake. He's so much more. Yeah. Let me step off, step down off the soapbox. (laughs) Yeah, we got plenty more solo to talk about. Okay, all right. um, But yeah, so I'm I'm sure we could have gotten a lot more into the whole behind the scenes and everything like that. I kind of just picked out the interesting things of the earlier concepts. And and like I said, I definitely recommend you guys check out the Dark Horse, the Star Wars series. um, If you just want, I mean, in, in a time when, you know, you can just, sit and watch the same Star Wars all the time. It'd be interesting to read that and and see a peek into early Lucas vision. Uh, And and you'll kind of, I think it'll add a lot to how you view the characters as we got them. Yeah. And if you've never looked at like the old Ralph McQuarrie concept art. Oh yeah. Treat yourself to that. please. Uh, Really cool stuff. Um, And so, but yeah. So we'll move on to a little bit of the solo a Star Wars story, the the younger years of yeah. our good old Han, Han Solo, as Lando calls him. Yes, <laughs> that always annoyed me. Right. <laughs> um, I love that they called that out though. Yeah, of, like he purposely he purposefully set, continues to say it that way after being corrected. Uh, because Lando's just so so chic, he can't pronounce Han uh, the way anybody yes. else does. He's got to be special. But uh, anyway, we'll save that for the Lando episode. Yeah. Uh, so, interestingly enough, uh, we were actually supposed to see a bit of young Solo uh, before this. Um, originally, there was some concepts uh, where Han Solo was set to appear on Kashyyyk in Revenge of the Sith as a little orphan child raised by Wookiees. Yes. Um, He would have uh, helped Yoda in his escape and uh, kind of been there for all that, sort of like a a Mowgli kind of situation, I guess. Um, Glad we didn't get that. It just sounds a little too weird. Yeah. And (laughs) I feel like if he was raised by Wookiees, he would have been a lot nicer. You know, when when you really when you first meet Han, he's he's clearly 
he's gone, he's gone through things in life that have made him the way he is. Yeah. And it clearly hasn't been, you know, living with walking carpets. Like, you know, when you can snuggle Chewbacca at any whim, uh, I don't think, plus it takes Han and Chewie from being a brotherly relationship to a, you know, pseudo father relationship. Chewie would have been more of a father in re- I, I, it all, yeah. all weird, all, just all just weird. Han and Lumpy hanging out, playing on the carpet together. Yeah, not into it. No. Um, so that was dropped. Um, Lucas, for a while, had ideas about a live-action television series called Star Wars Underworld, set between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Um, the unproduced series would have dealt with elements of the criminal underworld and includes some of Solo's backstory, including how he met Chewbacca and how he met Lando. Uh, that would have been interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it would have probably been weird since, I don't, I don't know. Um, given they were thinking of putting, you know, child raised by Wookiees Han out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm glad we waited to get, a you know, get the story we got. I, I, yeah. I, you know, I love Solo. I think it's a great origin story. And I say that knowing full well the original origins. I, I, I like Solo. So I think it would have been a little weird. Also, would have been interesting. I mean, they wouldn't, they couldn't have still gone with Harrison Ford. I mean, yeah, he was still, he was much too old at that point even. Of course. So it would have been interesting to see who they got. Yeah. Um, but it would have probably been a little bit like the young indie uh, Indiana Jones series a little bit which eh. (laughs) it was all right um the idea of star wars underworld though it does sound like an appealing story oh yeah one way or another so i'm i'm still holding out i'd hope we would have gotten a little bit more underworldy with solo but hopefully that's down the road somewhere maybe in uh solo sequel who knows who knows uh but anyway so we did get solo we got Solo, a Star Wars story in favor of all of these weird concepts. Um, and good movie. Yeah. Yeah, good movie. Enjoyed it. Um, very fun. Um, lots of awesome action and, and, and obviously getting great moments with great characters. Some we know, some we didn't know. Uh, but overall, I think it was a great, great story, great film. Um, and I feel bad for those who missed out on it uh, yeah. in its initial theater run. I've been seeing a lot of kind of loathing and and mourning over that kind of like, you know, people getting the physical copy and being like, man, I wish I'd seen this in theaters. Yeah. And that's the thing. Don't ever take someone else's opinion for like your opinion. Reserve judgment. Go out and see something that you want to see. Yeah. For Pete's sake. It's a Han Solo movie. Yeah, it I was going to be fun. It, yeah, you 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 had to know it was going to be fun. Exactly. Um, but luckily, even if you missed it that way, at least now you can get your hands on the physical copy and you can enjoy it at home. Yeah. Um, and set things straight. So don't let anybody make you feel bad for going and seeing a movie. Yeah. Um, the great thing is, like I said, we get a we get Han's origins. We get. Um, some things filled out there. They don't answer all the questions, which I do appreciate leaving some things, um, a little open. Uh, but we do get some good fill out of who Han is. 
and, and some of it's very, very similar to Legends. A lot of things carry over, which I appreciate. Uh, and a lot of things were, in, you know, have some creative interpretations and some differences. Uh, I recently had a friend who watched it um, when the digital release came out, and he messaged me and had <laughs> a lot of colorful language to describe how he felt about uh, what they did with the story of Han and Chewie, especially, but just Han's yeah. origins in general. Um, so, you know, definitely not everybody was in favor of it, but it, it's very similar to the reactions like to the sequel trilogy, The Force Awakens and all this, where yeah. you, no Mara Jade, no Yuuzhan Vong, no Thrawn, like, it, it wasn't what we originally had, so it's terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, uh, and Brian Young was kind of peddling on this on Twitter recently where, you know, he said, hey, there's a big difference between a bad movie and a movie you don't like. And I think exactly. this is a great case of that where it's not a bad movie. It's a great movie. Some people just prefer the legends of Han Solo's origins and adventures and more. And that's fine, but that doesn't make this a bad movie just because you don't yeah. like it. Um, yeah, and like I said, don't feel bad for liking movies. Yeah, never feel bad for unless I mean unless you should. Yes. I mean, you know, yeah. um, they're just you know, some movies you shouldn't like. <laughs> Batman versus Superman. I agree with that one. <laughs> Somebody's going to be mad at me about that one. Eh. But anyway, justice. So, uh origins of Han Solo. Um so he was born on planet Corellia around 32 uh BBY before the Battle of Yavin. Yes. Um, his father worked in the Corellian Engineering Corporation shipyard. So we actually get to see a little bit of that in the opening sequence where they're building uh, some of the Star Destroyers and everything. So that's kind of where yeah. Han's dad worked, more yeah. than likely. Which was a very cool um, thing to see. Yeah, it's really cool to see the Empire building, you know, to see the Empire new. Because yeah. um, you, you always kind of see them done, like, you know, They've got their stuff. They've got their ships. They've got everything. You know, it's it's interesting to see that developing um, in a couple of glimpses. So, but Han's dad worked on YT cruisers um, or YT freighters, um, not too dissimilar to uh, the one that Han would soon come to own. And so, uh, but Solo's father had always wanted to kind of leave uh, Corellia. He he wanted to fly the ships that he was making, but he could never quite afford to, and he always told Han that he was meant to fly. He wasn't meant to make these ships. Mm -hmm. um, and so we kind of see that maybe, you know, Han's dad is the one that planted the seed of, you know, I want to be a pilot. I want to fly. I want to be the best there is uh, kind of thing. And so it's probably the most significant thing he got from his father because his father did eventually abandon him. Um, and so in Legends, Han was orphaned as well. Um, it's kind of a big factor of his development um as a character uh according to han in the movie he was never really close to his father either so altogether kind of a uh rough relationship and so being orphaned he was kind of scooped up by like most uh, orphaned children on corellia i guess uh, you know there's just yeah. kind of a orphan children market where the white <laughs> worm gang picks up their peeps yeah um and so this is kind of the operating bad guys of the Corellian area. And so some cool behind the scenes stuff is that 
The White Worms were first mentioned in the 2018 adventure book Choose Your Destiny, a Han and Chewie adventure. Uh, written by Kevin Scott, who is the author of several Star Wars adventures, novels, and comics, and the upcoming Tales from Vader's Castle series. Just an all-around cool guy. Yeah. Um, the gang's name is a homage to Bram Stoker's 1911 novel, The Lair of the White Worms. It, yes. Which Kevin just seems to take a lot of influence from classic horror, yeah. you know, and whatnot. So, good on you, Kevin. Um, so, the White Worm gang which are little literal worms, um, scoop up these orphans, have them kind of do their dirty deeds, do the thefts and all these other heinous things. Yes. And so dirty this is kind of where... Done dirt cheap. What? It's a dirty deeds, done, tr- done dirt cheap. Yes. Um, and so this is where Han starts to develop his kind of rough edge uh, a little bit and uh, kind of gets that kind of survivor's attitude of, you know, nothing's going to get me down. Nothing's going to... I'm I'm going to overcome everything because I have goals for myself. I'm going to yes. get off this planet. I'm going to be the best pilot. I live in a cavern full of rocks. Yeah. Uh, rocks and, and, and orphan children. Um, <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure that's Oliver Twist. Maybe. I don't know. I've yeah. never read any Oliver Twist. Me neither. <laughs> there you go. Um, Han develops a relationship with another scrum rat, which is what the worms call the kids, uh, named Kira. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I, you know, again, this is solo centric. We're not going to talk too much about her, but really, really great character. Oh, absolutely. Um, really great portrayal as well. Uh, I think a lot of things come together to make uh, quite a, a, a strong female character in, in Kira. So um, Kira and Han kind of start this, you know, whimsical dream of one day we'll get out of here. One day we'll yeah. make it out. We'll escape. We'll we'll get to the other side, and yes. you'll be the best pilot, and I'll be something. I don't know what <laughs> Kira's dreams and aspirations were. To be a boss and be awesome, which she kind <laughs> she getting, does. Yeah, getting there. Um, and, and so they kind of they begin this journey of escaping, uh, which leads to kind of the early chase sequence where we get to see some of Hans. Uh, piloting, uh, I guess you could call it. it it's more like driving because it, it's it's a it's a, a repu- repulsor lift car. Uh, not it's a speeder, not a ship. So piloting, driving, both um, technically yes. Um, anyway, Miss Kira. It's a cool little action sequence. First of all, um, very fun to see uh, a chase sequence. I, I enjoy. Star Wars chase sequences, uh, much like Anakin chasing uh, Sam Wessel in Attack of the Clones. So this was a lot of fun, and it got we got to see some cool little nods to some uh, popular or some infamous uh, Han Solo maneuvers uh, that will come back later. So it, I think that was a good choice uh, to add in. Um, and so this leads them, uh, Han and Kira, to... Uh, the sort of the the area where they can hop on the train, uh, the Star Wars equivalent. Yes. Uh, you know they're close to making Space their escape train, <laughs> uh, but they get separated, and so Kira gets taken back to the White Worm Gang. Han hides and and finds that his only way out is to go to the Imperial recruitment. Um, 
I, I feel like there could have been an easier way to go about it, but that's where he went, you know. Uh, and so he goes to sign up, and um, the interesting sequence of this is when uh, Han's speaking with the Imperial Recruitment Officer, whose name is Drod Munbrin, by the way. Great name. Not Very really. Intri- hashtag baby names. <laughs> no. Uh, don't do this to your child. Uh, anyway, so the guy with the bad name uh, decides to give Han some help with his name issues. Because uh, Han got no last name. Uh, Which, or he or he yeah. disowns it. Have we moved past last names? Not yet. No. Um, so he, he asks him for his last name, and I think he, he says something along the lines of... Uh, he kind of shrugs it off, and then the, the the officer asks again, you know. But he says, like, you know, who's your people? He says, I don't got no people. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm all alone. Like uh, an awesome boy. Yeah, and so the officer is just like, oh, well, welcome to Imperial Academy, Han Solo. Which is that was very cheesy, it but was, also very cool. Yeah, so you know, that's kind of what the the question, or not the question, but the kind of stop and reflect was of. A lot of people had issue with how Han got his name. Yeah. Um, I get that because it, I definitely wasn't expecting that. I definitely was not expecting a sequence where we find out that Han Solo's name's not Han Solo. Which, it's a very, it's an odd name, but it's in space. So I don't think we ever really questioned that before. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it is interesting and, and it, it does give him sort of his own brand. You know, it, it gives him some of his kind of self ownership. Like, you know, no one else is named solo uh, until he has a child later on. No one else is named solo. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's some significance to it in that. Uh, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's cheesy, but it's not, unacceptable yeah and there, there's a question if if you were the child of han and leia would you choose organa or solo well i mean if if they gave you a choice because yeah uh, he got solo i think because it's kind of like you know real real world thing they kind of get their father's name yeah kind of thing if, yeah, if, gotcha. if you're not ma- married but they were married but you know leia kept her name for political reasons and whatnot, but yeah. Um, and, but I kind of think, like, we can get into this in another podcast, obviously. But I kind of feel like Ben had kind of a stronger connection with his mother than he did with his father. He did. Um, it it is it is interesting, um, but I f- I feel like. I don't know. I feel like, if anything, that means maybe she let him name him Solo. Yeah. So that he felt like he had a connection with him. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you think about it, Leia grew up with a family. Han didn't. Yeah. His family was chewy, basically. Which isn't bad family to have. No. Like, have you ever crawled up into the lap of a... I mean, I'm sure they did not cuddle. I'm, I'm pretty sure they were not that close. John... Answer me truthfully. Look me in the eye and tell me that you would not cut on I'm not Chewbacca. talking about me and Chewbacca. I'm talking <laughs> about Han and Chewbacca. I feel like Han's too much to... They were special bros. They were... All the more reason I don't think they cuddled, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I feel what like do you they think, were, I, I feel like they were... 
Yes, heard. Answer the important question. Did Han and Chewie cuddle? Um, Pretty sure they did. But that's just me. Yeah, I, I... I accept that that's how Han Solo got his name. And and like I said, I look at it from the perspective of, you know, he didn't have any people. Uh, It sounds like the only people he had was his father who abandoned him. And now Kira was gone. And so I'm sure, you know, they may have come up with some aliases and whatnot. But, you know, he's kind of in this point where he's just kind of very alone. So, uh He's he's honest when he says I don't have any people I don't have anyone yeah so he kind of just owns himself he just says I'm Han uh, and so you know cheesy but I, I think it works uh, I think it's so unique and he's so it's so fitting that it, it works and obviously it's on the nose because I mean you know the idea of Han is a character who is very you know lone wolf oriented who learns to uh, value friendship and community. So, I mean, his his name was already signifying of his, you yeah. know, character as we come to know him as a, a, yeah. a very solo oriented character. So he's a loner, Dottie, a rebel. Yeah. So, um, but you know, let us know. Her, what did you think of Han and how he got his name, Han Solo? Uh, did it bother you? Do you like it? Uh, why or why not, either way, or all that. And, and again, the important question, did Han and Chewie cuddle? I still very, say no. Very important. Um, the cool thing is, in a deleted scene, we actually get to see more of Han during his Imperial Navy uh, days. Uh, in, in the film, we kind of make a quick jump to him on Mimban uh, with the knowledge that something happened to put him there. Um We'll also be seeing a little bit more of this, I think, in the Han Solo Imperial Cadet uh, comic run yeah. that's coming out next month. Uh, but we do get a deleted scene that hints that's you know there there was a there was an incident um, on some mission and he tried to help another uh, wingmate and got himself in some trouble and he ends up crash landing in the hangar bay of a star destroyer, which lands him amongst other things I'm sure that he did. Uh, on trial, kind of just, you know, Imperial officers trying to figure out what the heck to do with this uh, thick-headed, smart-talking pilot. Yeah. Um, He's a pilot, you know. He, I do know. He is. <laughs> I, I think I'm one of the only ones that I've heard from so far, because I talked to myself, uh, but of, of all the opinions I've heard uh, on the deleted scenes, this this one I like, and I don't think anyone else does. Yeah. I like it, number one, because Alden is having fun as Han. Like, there's a lot of funny, quippy things that are very Han when he gets into tough situations. You know, this is very much him kind of talking his way out of things, as we know he loves to do and does not do well. Yeah. It, it, it's very funny, and there's a great transition uh, at the end. And so um, I encourage, uh, if you have... Solo, check out the deleted scenes. Check this one out. Let you know. Let us know what you think. I I like it. I I wish this one had stayed in. Uh, it it serves well. So you know to give us the context that something happened that he got booted out and put on Mimban as a mud trooper. Yeah, uh, he got the low of the low kind of assignments uh, just because he he was just a pain in uh, the butt. Yes, and so which it, is anyone. Surprised that no. Han Solo would be a pain in the butt. Ex- uh, no. Um, 
So it's on Mimban that Han meets Beckett and his crew. Um, and uh, this is a lot of fun little interactions. And we get some very uh, Han kind of full of himself stuff. He figures out that they're not really Imperial, that they're probably up to something. And he's like, you know, I want in. I, I, I'm the best pilot. I can do it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, of course, they're like, oh, we got a pilot. We don't need he's you know, he's he's trying to push himself up there and say, you know, I, I, I guarantee I'm better. Uh, and he pushes too far and ends up getting himself in uh, trouble. It backfires and he gets thrown in with the beast. He gets thrown in a jail cell with the beast. And we come <laughs> to find out that that's Chewbacca. Poor baby. Somebody. Um, this one was interesting. I kind of called it as soon as uh, it was kind of indicated that Han wasn't alone in the jail cell. I was like, this is going to be Chewbacca. Yeah. Um, like, there's no way we're going all the way to Kashyyyk at this point. Like, it's just going to be Chewbacca. Yeah. Like, I I did like this introduction. I did like this interaction. I, I think it was a lot of fun, uh, first of all, kind of seeing them kind of struggle with a plan of, uh, of, of escaping and sort of seeing them kind of join together in a time of need. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of significance to the fact that Chewie chooses to go with Han in this, because in legends, the idea is that Han rescues Chewie. And so Chewie in the vein of Jar Jar is very much like, okay, I I owe you. Yeah. You saved my life. My life is yours. So it's, it's less of a, Hey, I'm choosing to go through life with you as your friend and it's more of a, I'm obligated to go through life with you. So I, I liked more that it was kind of like Chewie was like, I guess you're not bad. Yeah. Like I, I've got goals and aspirations for life, but I, I think I could hang out with you for a little while. Yeah. My I, whole family got kidnapped. I'm just going to go with you for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the, the interesting thing though, is there's no explicit claim of a life debt, but in the aftermath trilogy, which we'll talk a little bit more about, um, the idea of the life debt between Han and Chewie is a significant factor. So it's not that there's not a life debt. I, I don't know that we've seen the life debt formed yet. Yeah. Um, Cause there clearly is one, but in my interpretation, I don't see it in this. Yeah. I feel like maybe it comes later or if it, or maybe it's meant to be an implied life debt. Um, I don't. I. I would feel like it would need something a little more significant. I, I would. I'd want to see a scene where they specifically say, "Hey, this is me giving you my life," uh, you know, it, because of what you've done for me. You know, I'm with you. You know, ride or die through the thick of it. Yeah. And, and we don't. We just don't really get that. We get the scene where Chewie has the choice to go with the other Wookies from Kessel. Or go help Han, and he chooses to go help Han, but I still don't think that was the life debt. I, again, I feel like it wasn't c- ceremonious enough. Yeah. I feel it was just like a, hey, I got to go help my buddy. <laughs> you know, yeah. he got himself in trouble again. That poor, poor baby. He's a naked Wookiee. Yeah. So, um, now, I mean, you didn't have the Legends story. Um, I did not. So, like... What what did you think of the whole chewy introduction? I don't know. Um, I thought it was cute. 
Like, I know that's a really dumb thing to say when we're talking about a very intense Star Wars moment, but I thought it was very cute. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. I mean, it wasn't what I was expecting, but I'll take it anyway. Yeah. Um, I can definitely say it wasn't what I was expecting. Um, yeah, I was kind of like, I don't know if you remember, but when we, when we were watching it in the theater, I kind of nudged you when, um, when they said, oh, we're going to throw you on the beast. And I was like, Rancor, Rancor, Rancor. That would have been cool. (laughs) That would have been very cool. I want to see more Rancors in Star Wars. Like right in front of us, right here with, uh, Greg, the stormtrooper on his head. We have Rancor the Rancor. Yes. He is our mascot. He is our mascot. Um, yeah, I would, I would like to see at some point a Rancor again. Get Um, on it, JJ. Yeah. Uh, fan of the show, friend of the show, J.J. Abrams. I know you're listening right now. Get on it. He's I want just, a rancor in episode nine. He's just going to, like, at us on Twitter. Just be like, it uh, it needs more solar flares. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. That burp. I'm sorry. I did. I, I will say I was kind of. I, I, I laughed. And I think I was supposed to laugh. <laughs> but I did. I didn't laugh in the sense of. This is greatly funny. It yeah. was more in the sense of wow, wow, they really are doing this when yeah. when uh, when Han started to speak Sherwook. Yeah, you know when he just started to gargle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, all right, because um, yeah, we clearly see Chewie understands him later uh, when he speaks basic. So it's like hashtag uh, basic. I speak well, basic. Okay, I, I'm kind of talking myself into this right now because I, I I guess. Han assumed he could not understand him and spoke Sherwook. Yes. Uh, only to then later find out, oh, you understand me. All right. Well, I assumed a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but I'll, I'll just say that scene was interesting for me. I was very much like, oh, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Human speaking Sherwook. Like that's, that's actually canon. Yeah. That's a thing. So um, that was interesting. Also, I think you need to. You might need to explain Sherwook to those who do not know. It's Wookie language. Yes, exactly. It's not just you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's the it's the language of the Wookies. Um, Sing me the song of your people. Yeah, it it, it was it was it was fun and interesting way way to do that. Uh, anyway, so Solo and Chewie are the dynamic duo now and they're with Beckett's crew. And, um, so they kind of, they, they go with Beckett on a job to get coaxium, which is, um, Star Wars fuel. It's the Bjew crystals. Uh, Bjew liquid. Oh, Bjew liquid. Sorry. Um, But yes, they go to, they, they go to get the Bjew liquid, uh, for Crimson Dawn, which is a criminal syndicate in Solo, Led by, so we're led to believe it's led by Dryden Voss, um, who's a great villain, I, I think. And Paul Bettany, great, oh, great work from him. Nice to see him in in Star Wars. Uh, so he kind of sends them on this. I'm not. I don't know exactly what they were using it for. I think they were just going to sell it on the black market or something. Um, but he sends Beckett uh, and the crew to get that. Ding. Um, they're meant to. <laughs> Ding, ding. Ding. Um, Stop texting us, Samantha. The idea is that they heist it from a train. Uh, 
and bring it back. It's meant to be pretty straightforward and simple. Uh, well, they... Oh, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yes, so the, I, they, they, they steal it. The, the plan is to steal it from the tree. Yeah. For Dryden Voss. Cool sequence. Really cool sequence where we get to see um, some train action. Uh, but it all goes horribly. Um, <laughs> as at, they usually do. As it usually does. When Han Solo is involved, usually plan A does not work. Just go ahead and skip to plan B. Um, so, amongst the action, so uh, Han makes the decision, you know, all right, I've got to dump the load. We, you know, they get uh, interrupted by Emphis Nest, great character, and her swoop bike gang. And uh, Han makes the decision of... I don't think we can make it. I'm going to drop the, the yeah. stuff. Um, so in order to win themselves out of Dryden Voss's bad graces, Han Solo in true stupid overpromising fashion says, Hey, we don't have to get refined coaxium. We can get the raw stuff and then get it refined. Yeah. And it, you know, I, the, there's a lot of Star Wars science that goes into why that doesn't work. The the raw stuff, it's like refrigerated or preserved or something, and if you remove it, it you only have so long before it explodes. It basically goes, yeah. you know, it goes bad and explodes. Yeah, much like, um, <clears throat> oh my gosh, what's it called? I can't even remember my own nerd thing. Oh my goodness. Uh, Star Trek. Deliathium crystals. Sure. You have to keep them in a very, um, a very particular storage environment. Yeah. So, so that's the coaxium. So, the idea is that they steal it, uh, get it quickly to somewhere where it can be refined, and then you know, boom goes the dynamite. Or, well, not goes boom the dynamite. Uh, everything's all okay. Their debts are paid off, and so it, it, it's very much, it's very much a Han idea because it's stupid. Uh, because it, there, there's just a lot of impossibility. Uh, but of course, that's what Han specializes in is in doing yeah. the impossible. And so we actually get introduced to the Castle Run because the coaxium's on Castle, and the Castle Run essentially is just this very specific path that you take through uh, a maelstrom that gets you into the planet. Yes. In in within um, the atmosphere. And so it's already a dangerous thing. They get in, get their stuff, get out, and and then they're found out to be pursued by Imperials. And so Han has the idea, let's take this dangerous route and make it even more dangerous. Again, just Han fashion there. Um, and so what they do is they kind of take an alternate route plant, plotted out by uh, L3 and end up making the 20 parsec run in 12-ish parsecs. Uh, we find out that apparently Han rounds down when it comes to uh, <laughs> his parsecs. As most men do. Um, what did you think of the Kessel run? I thought it was a really cool sequence. Um, I... Like, when we've heard about the Castle Run before, I was not expecting what we got. Like, I think that's, like, the theme of Solo. I wasn't expecting that, but I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, like, I wasn't thinking that it was going to be 
an actual like maelstrom. I thought I thought it was just going to be like an asteroid belt or something. Mm-hmm. But I, like I said, I enjoyed what we got. Yeah, I like that it was more than just, hey, let's take this path and see who can do it quickest. Yeah. Um, like, I thought it was going to be like a race. And, you know, there was a lot of idea that, you know, Han was bullcrapping in A New Hope when he said, you know, it's the ship that made the Kessel run in 12 parsecs. Because there's that look from Obi-Wan that's like, yeah, whatever. So a lot of people were like, well, it's a fast ship, but number one, parsecs aren't isn't speed, it's distance. Yeah. So that doesn't work. So clearly Han doesn't know what he's talking about, and Obi-Wan knows it, but he's so desperate for a ship that he just accepts it. I like that, no, it's legitimate, it is about the distance, but it is still kind of bullcrapped in, in the terms of exactly how long, or, 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 or um, how short of a distance. Yeah. 12-ish parsecs. So so there's still that nice Han Solo bullcrap. And, and clearly, Obi-Wan's kind of scoff is more in the sense of, there's no way. There's one way in and one way out of Kessel. And I do believe Han and Anakin visit Kessel in the Clone Wars. So they would know, hey, there's the Kessel run and that's it. Yeah. There's no 12 parsecs. It's 20 parsecs, you idiot. So I, I think there's that interesting yeah. moment where Han's, or where Obi-Wan's like, mm. really? So Obi-Wan died judging yeah. Han Solo. <laughs> Which just, I think Obi-Wan died judging a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, but I, I, I liked the, the Kessel Run sequence. I thought it was really fun. And I love that Han Solo said he had a good feeling about this i I love that they're doing different things with with that familiar line um and look say what you will about solo say what you will about it being different but it like like we've said over and over it was fun yeah like i it was a ron howard film I'll say that. Like, I love Ron Howard's directing style. Just nice dude, too. Yeah, I loved the storytelling for Solo. It was just, it was fun. Yeah, Ron's really great at character and and, and storytelling, which seems like, well, he's good at storytelling, so of course he'd just be good. I, I mean, he's, it's hard to explain what my brain is thinking exactly, but like, He's great with getting you to understand and relate and develop with a character. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, I think, what highlights in Solo is, you know, his direction of kind of leading you into this character and leading you along with him. And and it's not just Ron Howard. Uh, Lord Miller did have a thumbprint on this before yes. they left. You know, Ron did take a lot of what they did and developed it out. And, of course, the Kazdan... Um, father and son duo were involved, you know, so there was a lot of hands that molded uh, this story and this character. And, but I think Ron had the heft and the weight of bringing it to us in a good story format. Yeah. And I think he did that well. Um, I know I said we weren't going to talk about the movie that much. I think we're, <laughs> we're doing that more than I expected. But, yeah. Um, it's hard when the movie is so much about the character. So, Anyway, um, the Kessel Run happens, and we get back to Dryden Voss, and 
uh, Emphis Ness interrupts uh, the celebration a little bit to say, hey, we're not just trying to steal your stuff. We're trying to do that to help the rebellion because the Empire sucks and we want to yeah. take them out. And so there's that great moment where Emphis becomes a little bit more sympathetic and understanding. And Han's kind of like, well, dang, we got to do something to help him. Uh, and so I think it's in that moment Beckett decides, spoiler alert, to betray them um, and decides to say, all right, he doesn't have his heart in it. He's going to give them a coaxium. I'm going to rat him out to Dryden Voss. And that's what happens is Beckett warns Dryden that, hey, he's going to screw you over. Yeah. And so, but. Yeah. Raise your hand if you were seeing that coming. I did not. I didn't either. I thought it was going to be Kira. I uh, see. <laughs> I honestly, I, yes, I thought Beckett was going to die very early. Yeah. Uh, you know, my idea all, uh, well, we'll get into that on the solo yeah. film. We keep talk. saying like, we're going to get into it later and then we get into Goodness. it. <laughs> um, I'll just say, did not see that coming. But so Han, to his credit, comes up with a great plan. Oh, now I get it. Uh, this, uh, this podcast was brought to you by Loud Cat. The loudest cat in the world. You get nothing. You, you do not get the fruits. Get She's gonna go crazy and one out, though. Bring her here. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> patience, guys. Patience. We're, we're sorting this out. Yeah, she knows she gets wet food after the podcast. And so, when she thinks we've been talking too long. Yeah, she, she gets, gets impatient. Right have a cat. So, all right, come here, cat. Talk with me about Star Wars. Um, you like Star Wars? So, Han comes with up with a great plan to trick Dryden. Uh, of course, we're thinking, hey, he's going to trick him and give him fake stuff. And that's what Dryden's even thinking is, you know, he checks it out thinking, this isn't real. This is this is not the real coaxium. You know, it's just a really good fake. Um, this is not my beautiful wife. This is not my beautiful coaxium. But uh, it turns out that Han did bring him the real coaxium and tricked him into thinking that the bad stuff or, or the fake stuff was with Infist Nest. So he would send all of his troops to Infist to retrieve it Yes, and come up empty handed, leaving Dryden unprotected. <laughs> so really, really brilliant plan. Yeah. Really stupid as well because it's, it, you know, it's very Han. Yeah, that's that's it. It's very Han. It you know it assumes a lot is going to work exactly the way he thinks, um, you know, and of course it depends on him selling it and talking his way through. So it's a lot of, I got this. I have a good feeling about this. This is going to work, kind of attitude. Um, and it does work. It tricks him, gets his guards away. And leads to the climactic in battle, where ultimately Kira is the one that kills Voss, yeah. which upset a lot of people. But I thought it fit because yeah. Voss was her enemy. Exactly. Like it wouldn't have been as like it wouldn't have had as much weight if Han had killed him. Right. Uh, it, it, Voss was not Han's enemy. He was out of he was his enemy out of necessity because Voss was trying to kill him, but. You know, Holland was very much of the idea of, if I can talk him down, we'll be fine. Yeah. It's all fine here. Um, Han's real enemy is Beckett, who tries to escape with the coaxium. 
uh, Han goes after him, leaves Kira on Voss's yacht, which we find out she later takes and goes and meets up with her boyfriend, Darth Maul. Uh, <laughs> not boyfriend. I'm, I'm not assuming they're boyfriends. It was just a funny statement. Don't don't go down the speculatory uh, trail, guys. Um, um, I'd be okay with it, but no, that's just me. I don't think so. Um, yeah. So Han meets up with Beckett and has the final confrontation and Beckett's mouthing off and spoiler alert, Han shoots him. Yes. Kind of in the middle of a sentence. Han shot, shot first. first. <laughs> which technically Han just shot. Yes. There was no other shot, uh, which was actually the original uh, Star Wars sequence was there was no other shot from Greedo. Han just shot him. Um, and it's a very similar sequence where, you know, the other guy's just talking his mouth off and then Han's just like, yep, nope, done. Yep. Uh, I liked this because it establishes something important to his character of shoot first, ask questions later, just very, yeah. very, you know, expect the worst. Yeah. And I think that's like, I was very much expecting that to be the advice that, um, he gets is always shoot first. Yeah, a, a lot of people were like, oh no, Beckett's going to be like, always shoot first, kid. Uh, yeah. You know, they were braced for that. And I <laughs> I, I, I thought surely there was going to be some kind of mention. Yeah. Of rule number one, always shoot first. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it wasn't as on the nose. I'm gl- I, You know, again, I wasn't expecting Beckett to make it that far. So for, then him, for him then to be shot out of nowhere, I thought that was, I, I thought that was good. Uh, and it was very Han, especially at that point when the one person he looked up to trusted the, yeah. the kind of father figure that he'd had up to this point yeah. just betrayed him. So this was the moment where he became the Han we know of. Yeah. Expect the worst in everybody. If they're not chewy, they're all bad. <laughs> is basically Han's rule. Which is my, like, just outlook on life right now. It's just, if they're not six foot eight and completely covered in hair. Which I'm pretty sure only one person we know yeah. fits that description. <laughs> Shout out to Michael. Yeah. Um, yeah. If they're not chewy, they're probably no good. Yeah. Uh, and, and so this kind of is the iron in. This is the cynical, rough-edged Han Solo that we meet in a cantina 10 years later. Yeah. Um, and I think that the story leading up to this uh, is done so well because – you know, when when Hans starts in this film, he's still hopeful. Yeah. He's still of the idea that, hey, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to be the best pilot. It's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, and, you know, he has these plans with Kira. That falls through. But he's like, no, it's okay. It'll work. I'll come back for her. We'll, we'll reconnect and it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, and that fails because he finds out, oh, she... Did fine without me. She's okay. She's here, uh, leading her own, you know, life. Yeah. Uh, with Being this, a boss. Yeah, with this gang, and you know, okay, that works. And so then he starts to get hopeful again. It's like, okay, well, great. So we can pick up where we left off. We can be, you know, uh, together, and we can be happy, and you know, all this. And then that's taken away. Yeah. Uh, Kira leaves him, and so it's very much like everything he'd done up that to that point was in hope of reuniting with her and running off into the sunset with her. You know, the idea of escaping Corellia was to be with her. The idea of going back to Corellia was to be with her. The idea of joining Beckett's crew was to be with her. The idea of working with her on this mission 
was to be with her. And she said, nah. <laughs> she was out. Exactly. Nah, dog. And so, all right, well, at least I have Beckett. Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he screwed you over too, stabbed you in the back, sold you out, which to be fair, he warned you, don't trust anyone. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, Beckett is pretty much Han, uh, if he had gone on not to meet Luke and Leia and all them. Exactly. Like, he would have, he would have gone the, down the exact same path and yeah. backstabbed everyone he ever met. Yeah. Uh, he was he was out for himself and and so and rightfully so again by the end of that the person you've done most of the effort in in recent events for in the past three years you've been working for the idea of being with this woman who's now left you yeah the little bit of hope you had of all right well at least I've got a little bit of a family with Chewie and Beckett Beckett's like nope I, I sold you out for a quick buck you know. By the end of it, it's no wonder that he kind of emotionlessly just says, nope, I'm done, and shoots Beckett. Yeah. Because Beckett had kind of closed that book on, on Han of saying, you know, eh, it, it's just business, nothing personal, you know, kind of thing. And and Beckett even says, you know, as he's done, he's like, it's good you, it, it, it's good you did that because I would have killed you. Exactly. You know. And it just furthers, it, it kind of cements that, wow, he actually complimented on me on killing him yeah. because he was going to kill me. And that's like, that's a thing in psychology. Like, broken people break people mm-hmm. and make them even more broken. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah. And, and, and we definitely see a difference in the Han we meet in the beginning of, Hey, we're going to get out of here. It's going to be okay to the end where it's just like, eh, it's just me and Chewie. Exactly. You know, um, cause they go on and win the Falcon from Lando and go on their next venture. And, uh, so, you know, it, it really is a journey of killing Han's hope. Yeah. You know, and you almost forget about it because at the end Han and Chewie seem to be having fun as they're going off on their next adventure in the Falcon. But really, that's a very broken and, and, and cynical character due to the events of his life. Which we see a lot of in the coming movies. But, yeah. I, I, uh, so I think it does really, really well to build to yeah. that classic Han, build into who uh, we are first introduced to yeah. in A New Hope. And that's the thing. Like, If you skip this movie over completely, you miss out on a lot of character development that wasn't done in the, in the main films. Yeah, because, you know, when you when you come in, otherwise it seems like Han was just born this way. Like, and, and that's the interesting thing. No character and no person is ever the way they are for no reason. Yeah, um, obviously. Yeah. You know, it, w- with room for very little exception, some people are the way they are for no reason. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people in their nature and in, in, in the way they do things and approach life are the way they are for a reason. Uh, uh, events or interactions or relationships, mm-hmm. something has led them to think the way they think, do what they do, treat people the way they treat people. Mm-hmm. And Han is very much that. He wasn't just born and, is, you know, had yeah. his vest and, you know, quaffed hair and was like, you know, smuggled, yeah. smuggling's my game. You smuggling's know. my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> smuggling's my game and snuggling's my pleasure. You know, like yeah. that, that 
he was made into that sort of, I'm no hero of the rebellion. I'm just here for my check. You know, I just, I'm out for me and my walking carpet and that's it. And that's the thing. Like, I'm a firm believer that no one is born a cynic. There's no such thing as a naturally born nihilist. Like I was made this way. (laughs) You were born this way, baby. But no, um, there's no way that a baby fresh out the womb was like, nothing matters. (laughs) (laughs) It's all meaningless. We're all going to die someday. Um, No, that's a learned kind of thing. Like you. Very, very much so. And, and, you know, and it's kind of a dampener to realize that's what this movie is about, is Han learning to be that way. Yeah. And it's so sad. But it makes it great that we know that's not the yeah. end of his character development. Thing, absolutely. Uh, you know, and it's not to take away from the fact that you know, obviously, being a cynical, rough-edged character, he can still go out and have fun adventures with Chewie. Yeah, we we know he's going to. It, but it's to say that deep down, at the yeah. end of the day, Han is out for himself and his only friend that he can trust, which is Chewie. You know. Yeah. Uh, he he's not out for any big regime or big effort. He's out for himself, and that's it. Yeah. And if you want uh, more stories about why people hate Han Solo, read Tales from the Valley Hunter. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> One of Full my of favorite. That hate oh Han. my gosh! There is literally not a story that goes by without some mention of how much that, that person darn hates Han Solo. Han Solo. Uh, well, he's got, I mean, you know, and especially in he's been around. Uh, The Force Awakens, you know, you really emphasized on the idea of you can't talk your way out of this one. There's no one else that you can swindle. There's nowhere else to run in the galaxy. You've screwed over everyone at this point. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I think that's fun little call outs of, you know, Han's just really gotten around and, you know. Yeah. He's, he's messed up a lot of relationships. Yeah. Um. It's- He's been around. So kind of to close this, to kind of talk a little uh, of of the real world and, and the kind of behind the scenes or what have you. So Alden's performance, I think, was really great in this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When he was signed on, what they talked about a lot was, you know, they weren't looking for someone who looked like Han. I mean, obviously some resemblance, but they, they weren't yeah. going for like, he has to look exactly like Han. They weren't going for, he has to sound like Han, impersonate Han. They weren't going for a or impersonation performance. They were going after someone who captured the spirit of the character. Yeah. And, and, and I think he did a great job. I, I, I agree. They they thought so. I thought so. I thought that Alden was very great. I, I, I have to admit that because we got so little of him in the first uh, trailers, I was a little, I was like, Okay. Um, but you know, in seeing the full performance and seeing him in the film, he does a great job with capturing that character. And and again, he does that perfect balance of going from hope to kind of cynical. Yeah. Um, and, and he just, he feels like Han, especially in, like I said, the deleted scene where he's kind of on the trial and kind of, kind of trying to BS talk his way out of things that works so well and feels so much like Han. Yeah. Can I tell you the scene that's just... Is it the thermal detonator It's scene? the thermal detonator scene yes. that absolutely sold the movie for me. Oh my gosh. Like, I was like, they um, really just did that? But yeah. That, that's as bold as Han was. And yeah. I love that they're like, 
you did not just activate a thermal detonator. That's a rock. He's like, no, it's exactly. not. Exactly. <laughs> and like, you know for a fact that he told Leia that story. And that's why she uses Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Like that, that. I love, but she's so bold as to get an actual thermal detonator. Exactly, because women get stuff done. What, what I think is so funny, though, is you've got to imagine the the, the Millennium Falcon ride yeah. back home where it's like, you used a real thermal detonator? <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> well, like, where would he have gotten one? Like I said, he grew up in a place of rocks. Yeah. It's so, a hive of scum and rocks. Um. And a worm lady. The the interesting thing is that Alden did sign a three-movie contract. So this yeah. would be one of three. Um, a lot of talk is in the question. Uh, you know, uh, there's obvious uh, business reasons why someone would just, hey, you never know, go for it. Yeah. I honestly don't think he's going to show up as a force ghost like I've seen. Oh, no. oh gosh, no. No. Um, <laughs> They're uh, not going to pull a Hayden Christensen again. But would would you be would you see another solo? Would you see a solo two? Yeah, solo the duo. Maybe not call it solo that. Solo the trio. Dose. Solo dose. What if they called the if, if they do do a trilogy? They should call it the solo trio. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, anyway. <laughs> I'd actually I'd I'd be okay with continuing the story. Yeah. I think now. Would I want this over some other things? No, this no. wouldn't be my first pick of things. But if Disney was just like, hey, we've got millions of dollars we're not doing anything with, you know, Ron Howard, go make two more so- solo movies. I would be, I, I'd be great with that. Yeah. You know, I, I would, I would enjoy seeing that. Um, and, you know, who knows? I, I, obviously, we're getting some young solo content. Um, I do hope maybe we'll see Alden back as, as solo. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I'm excited. Yeah. I love them. So, uh, but in the meantime, Solo, uh, Alden gets the boot. We're moving on to the, the, the good and the OG, the classic, the one and only Harrison Ford Solo, the classic Solo. Yes. So. All right. So props to you guys for being <laughs> so patient because... We've been talking so much, we didn't realize it's already 50 minutes into the episode. Yeah. And we've only talked about young, young Han Solo. <laughs> young Han Solo. Young Han He's from Norway. Uh, um, we, we got a little sidelined there talking about the Solo film a little bit more than... Yeah. Uh, we were going to do an episode about it, but yeah. you know what? Well, just listen to this it, one. <laughs> it's, so, it's so fresh, you know, getting, getting it on uh, Blu-ray and, you know, having it, net, like, Solo is very on the mind, so it, it's hard not to kind of just jump onto the bandwagon thoughts. But um, I think a lot of the great and significant storytelling of Solo's character came from Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh, absolutely. You know, again, it's a film about the character. So, of course, a lot goes into um, developing him there. Uh, and I think a lot of the beats of the film serve to do that again you know the whole escaping and all of the different things serve to add another layer of cynicism and doubt and hopelessness to this character yeah um you know that kind of masks it with you know a lot of kind of cowboy aesthetic uh kind of um but ultimately i think that the the solo film did a great job of building to not directly up to, but building to Han as we yeah. 
meet him. Yeah, it definitely laid the groundwork that we hadn't seen before. Yeah, and so definitely Han at the end of Solo, A Star Wars Story, is Han at the beginning of A New Hope. Well, at the middle of New Hope, I guess. It's not quite at the beginning. Um, so, but what we, what we find out is that they'd gone on such crazy adventures and, uh, gotten in so much trouble. They've gotten a $50,000, uh, a 50,000 credit bounty on their heads. Uh, so these are wanted guys, uh, for, um, messing up a job for Jabba the Hutt. Um, and so they're kind of hanging around, um, the cantina, uh, in Mos Eisley. Looking Which, for some work. I really want to see what that job was. Uh, well, in Legends, they dumped Spice. So Spice is like Star Wars drugs, and they were <laughs> drug cartels, essentially. They were smugglers for that. Listen, I paid $20 for a bag of real cinnamon, so I feel you. Uh, essentially. Imagine that, though. But, like, so they were transporting it. They were about to get uh, stopped by an Imperial checkpoint and were like, we can't get caught with this stuff. So yeah. they dumped it. So uh, it's the space equivalent of flushing it down the toilet. Exactly. And so uh, they were out to Jabba that much. And I think along the way, Han promised a couple of jobs to fix it. And that none of those worked out. So yeah. this was kind of the climax of Jabba being like, yeah, you, you've you worn out your welcome. You, you've, yeah. I've been more than patient with you, dude. <laughs> um. But we get a great introduction to the character of Solo um, if you watch the original unspecialized edition version where, you know, you really get to know what Han is in the business of when, you know, he sits down with Greedo and he's like, hey, you know, Jabba's been patient with you. He's like, I've I've got it. Don't worry. Yeah. I'll pay it off. And, and, you know, Greedo's kind of full of himself like, nah. Yeah. um, I finally got Han Solo. I'm not letting this one go. And which again, if you read uh, Tales from a Bounty Hunter, you, you see can, why. You see why. Yeah. Um, but Han's just like, all right. Well, I'm not talking my way out of this one, so I guess I'm gonna go pull the old Beckett and just shoot him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hashtag Han shot first. Um, We're not gonna have this conversation. And so I think you get all that you need to know about the character in that, in the sense of. Wow, he's he he makes any maneuvers he needs to to protect his best assets, which is yes. himself uh, and Chewie. His beautiful, of course. beautiful Harrison Ford face. Yeah, I don't want to ever emphasize that he's selfish and not include like he's selfish about himself and Chewie. Yeah, I know that he loves Chewie, cares about Chewie, so I I feel like he yeah. thinks of Chewie almost as an extension of himself. Yeah, and if you think about it, I think they pretty much owe each other life debts at that point. Yeah, definitely. Um. So, yeah, I think that's a great introduction to the character of no nonsense, just I'm out for me. And, I mean, he's so casual about it. He's like, hey, I'm going to leave the dead guy, but here's a tip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, a quarter. See you next Friday. Yeah. Um, but so we, we get introduced to Han uh, as this sort of uh, rough and kind of western feeling gritty guy you yeah. know a little below the law definitely a little bit uh more dirt on his hands than our other characters yeah um you know he's definitely a character out of necessity you know obi-wan's like hey 
you and your 12 parsecs, sure, whatever. Let's <laughs> just get us to where we need to go and you'll get what you need. And he's, and of course, Han just hears credits. Okay, good. I can, you know, this will be a down payment for Job in the Hut. Yeah. Before I ruin the next thing. Of course. <laughs> um, but what Han in, in the original trilogy definitely has this very simple yet significant arc. You know, it's, it's, it's obviously a three part deal of, you know, a new hope is about him discovering his place, discovering this idea of selflessness. Cause yeah. you know, a big deal for uh, Lucas in the development of Han as a character was to contrast the selflessness of Luke and Leia's characters. Yeah. Although I could point out that they have some selfish, selfish selflessness yeah. in some areas, which is very possible. Right. But, but the whole idea is this contrast of, you know, white, black, light, dark, selfish, selfless. It, it, you know, it's this constant teeter totter of what side are you on? Yeah. And, and, and Han definitely very clearly is introduced on this very selfish side. He's in it for himself. He's, you know, he's not trying to get into this big conflict. He's just trying to get paid. Um, but he discovers something bigger. He just discovers a place in something bigger uh, with this rebellion and, and, and with this little ragtag group of, you know, a princess, a farm boy, uh, and a pilot. Sounds and, like a bad joke. <laughs> and so I, I think episode four is all about him kind of rediscovering that hope he had in the beginning of solo star Wars story where he's like, you know, no, there, there's something better than this. Yeah. Uh, there, there's something more than this. I, you know, I think years had ingrained him into thinking that, well, this is what, this is what we got to do. This is how we have to live, um, to take care of ourselves. No one else is going to take care of us, Chewie. We've got to take care of each other. Yeah. And then cuddle he, when it's cold, they don't cuddle. <laughs> um, just for warmth, John. And then it, it introduces him into this larger concept of, well, maybe I can do some things that don't necessarily yeah. directly benefit me, but I, I'm, I'm still thinking of me in the background. Yeah. Um, you know, we get this in the idea of the end where he's like, hey, got everything delivered, did more than my share, and got my money. I'm out. Yeah. And then uh, comes back, rescues uh, Luke from, from Vader's target targeting computer and kind of helps save the day, Yeah, you know, and you know, he kind of plays it off of, I couldn't let you get all the credit and, you know, I, I just wanted more reward for the, you know, he yeah. plays it off at like, no, don't get it wrong. I'm still out for myself, but obviously you need help. Yeah. And it's sort of that soft spot that he had for Infus Nest in Solo, a Star Wars story where he's kind of like, you know, these guys are just trying to do what I was doing. They're trying to get out and get something better. They have hope that I don't have anymore. Yeah. Here, just have the coaxium. I'll get another score. I'll make more money. Have this. Do what you need to do. Yeah. It's that soft spot of where he's not really addressing it, but he's clearly trying to be the good guy. Yeah. And, um, you know, by the end of it, he's kind of given up this idea of being the good guy. And yet a farm boy and a princess help him kind of rediscover that. Yes. And then, um, he ends up marrying one of them and having a child with the other. <laughs> okay. Han and Luke are kind of married. If you read 
the books that I've scammed. I've skimmed. They they argue like an old married couple. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure that's a fanfic somewhere. Um, oh, for sure. You weirdo. So I I I I I remember being a kid and and loving Han and Chewie. I I I longed for that kind of friendship and relationship. You know that though, not like that. Oh. It's more of Han Leia with me and you. Um, yeah, we do yell at each other a lot. You're not, more. <laughs> you're not my fuzzy buddy. Um, no, that's Michael. But you know, having that—that that was, you know, hashtag friendship goals as a kid. Yeah. Um, it, I was less interested in Han for his cool guy aesthetic, and more just for his relationship with Chewie. Yeah. Um, I was definitely original trilogy a big fan of Luke, um, as a character. And so, uh, but definitely Khan had that adventurer's appeal of, and you know, like we were saying in the beginning of, I feel like anyone can like Khan just because he's such a great everyman's character. Oh yeah. He's not into the weird force stuff. He's not into the crazy stuff. He's just, he's Han. He's very relatable. He's very fun. Um, you know, and, and I think A New Hope does a great job of creating, uh, the, the hint of development that maybe he can be about something selfless. Yeah. And um, we definitely get to see that in uh, Empire Strikes Back. There's some great work in the early issues of the Star Wars main run comics that show some of the adventures of Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie, and the droids um, following the events of A New Hope that does a lot to kind of develop Han's relationships and there's always this kind of callback of not in so many words, of course, paraphrasing, but there's kind of the, always this moment of, is this really what I want to be doing? Is yeah. this really worth it? <laughs> Am I really doing this right now? Yeah. There, there's this constant attitude of smuggling spice was a lot easier than this. Yeah. Um, but it also, those comics serve to give great uh, development to his relationship with Leia and they're sort of, contrast and attraction a little bit yeah um which is very sweet probably one of the best executed um love stories in star wars yeah and it definitely works in the attraction and i never would have thought i would accept it but it, it works that they don't end up in a happily ever after yeah you know not to get ahead of ourselves a little bit but you know seeing the path of their relationship I wouldn't have imagined that I would say, oh, no, it works that they break up, but it, it kind of does. Um, so, but when we when we come to Han in Empire Strikes Back, so, you know, A New Hope serves to say, hey, we're taking the cynical character, giving him a light of hope and a glimmer of maybe I can be more, I can be the good guy. Yeah. Um, and then Empire Strike Back, Strikes Back kind of serves as that symbol of him struggling with living in that kind of teeter-totter of, my nature is to be selfish, but I keep getting put in these scenarios where I have to put others first. I'm not really comfortable. I'm not liking it. It would be so much easier if I just go back to doing what I'm good at. Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, the starting uh, sequence of him arguing with Leia, which is very common, especially in the comics, um, is that, you know, Han's just like, yeah, I'm done. You know, I I've got to settle my debts. I've got to get back to, to my thing. You know, I've been playing general and, 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 uh, war hero long enough. 
You guys got this. You've got your tauntauns. You're fine. (laughs) He's like, I just cut open a tauntaun. I've seen some things, Leia. I'm done. I'm good. (laughs) Um, Do you know know what they look like on the inside? They look like tater tots. I'd rather not have a long, (laughs) meaningful relationship with you. Um, Of course, circumstances of the film prevent him from leaving, and he ends up getting stuck and eventually becomes a casualty of of the conflict and and gets frozen in carbonite. Yeah. Uh, And like... Also, really cool, um, really cool movie moment. Oh yeah, the the, the, the scene of uh, uh, of the carbonite chamber is really great. Uh, of course, you get the iconic "I love you, I know," um, which you know they love to point out wasn't you know it was added in by Harrison Ford himself. Yeah, um, and it works. It works great for his character. Absolutely. Um, and and arguably, him accepting that is another another push towards that selfishness of, you know, I could fight back, but they might hurt Leia. They might hurt Chewie. If this protects them, you know, then we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, You know, he's putting a lot of trust in his friends to say, hey, you'll get me. You'll take care of this. (laughs) You got this. I'm just going to take a carbonite nap for a little bit. Um, And so, yeah, you, you kind of have him struggling with this purpose and responsibility um, up until the point that he's kind of taken out the conflict a little bit, uh, well, entirely, yeah. um, you know, and then, uh, really not much from him other than being a wall decoration until Return of the Jedi, uh, where he's rescued, returns to the front, and, and in this, there's a very smooth transition into, all right, this is right for me, this is, you know, my place is with Leia and Luke, my friends putting, you know, this rebellion as my, as my purpose, yeah. you know, being about something that's not just about himself. Um, which you could say is a lot of development to go through having just woken up from a carbonite nap. Yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely the pace of the character. Yeah. You know, getting introduced to the responsibility, struggling with responsibility and then accepting the responsibility. Yeah. Accepting that, Hey, you know, people need you and you have a responsibility to, to put others first. You know, it's, it's very, it's very similar in, in a sense to Jin Ursa where she's like, you know, the empire, the imperial flag is not a problem if you don't look up. Like, it's not a problem if it doesn't affect me, if I don't focus on it, I can keep doing my thing and it's fine. And you guys can sort it out. Yeah. Um, until it becomes personal. And then all of a sudden you have a buy-in. And I think his friends are that buy-in of, I think that's what yeah. clearly kept him around so long is he's like, yeah, I, I like these idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's such a strong part of the original trilogy is, you know, it's not just a story about, you know, a, one person going on this fantastic journey. It's a story about friendship. Yeah. The magic of friendship. They they all develop. Yeah. Um, Luke and Han, I think, get the greatest development. I think Leia gets yeah. more development, honestly, in the comics. Yes. And, and in the books following the original trilogy. And I think that's just because, honestly, George Lucas did not know how to do... 
He's not great at writing for women characters. Well, sometimes. I think I think she had a very straightforward. She was already in. She was already about yeah. the rebellion. Like she was very much sold on the idea of helping others and putting others first. I think the comics do a great job of showing how she does that to a fault. Yeah. Uh, you know, she has a very paralleling, par- paralleled yeah. story. Yes. <laughs> with Poe, um, you know, in the Last Jedi, Poe has this kind of forward thinking of. We've yeah. got to destroy the enemy at any cost, and you know he's willing to lose people along the way that shouldn't have been lost. Yeah, Leia was very much like that in the Star Wars comics, where yeah. you know she's just about going after Vader, about you know ending the Empire so much that she doesn't stop and think about who she's losing along the way. Yeah, um, and the and so there's a few moments where she has to stop and reflect on. Yeah, there was a lot of loss. Was it justified? Was it worth it? It does not matter how many boffins died. Right. Um, sent, sent them for coffee two weeks ago, and they're all dead. Um, <laughs> you know, and so a lot serves to develop her in the sense of learning that there's alternatives to fighting. There's a way to fight that can preserve life. You know, the very, you know, the Rose Tico idea of, you know, fight for what you love, not what you hate. Kind mm-hmm. of, you know, it... it, it she does get that development, and obviously she grows as a leader, um, but she, I think, gets the short straw uh, when you compare to the in-film development of Luke and, and yeah. Han Solo. Um, but I think, I, I you know, I, I think, like I said, and, and this is just my interpretation of Han, is, you know, is this introduction to uh, hope and purpose, him struggling with that and then just accepting it yeah that's kind of his threefold development over the films yeah uh as a character yeah um certainly when you meet you know uh commander han solo in return of the jedi he's very different as a character than the han solo you meet in the cantina in absolutely New Hope. um and so it, it, it's really um, interesting. And, you know, obviously we could go much further if we talked about all the different comics. We could talk yeah. about Han Solo's first wife. We could talk about all kinds of crazy things. Um, the greatest development I think he gets, obviously, in the original trilogy is the original trilogy, the films, um, where we see him transition back into a place of hope and purpose and selflessness. Um, yeah. This focus on these people around me are important uh, and I can put them first and be a good guy kind of thing. So, um, and certainly this is, you know, this is classic Han. This is, this is the Han everybody fell in love with. This is the Han everybody thinks of, you know, Harrison Ford will always be Han Solo. Yes. Alden did a great job. Um, And arguably he's a certain generations, you know, uh, Han Solo. Yeah, but definitely, you know, Harrison Ford um, is, is who gave a lot of life to this, and of course, uh, uh, the cat, uh, Kazdan. Um, <laughs> the cat is also doing something weird. Yeah. So if we seem a little distracted, she's doing like the spooky um, Halloween cat back arched walk. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, she's probably cursing us. Um, <laughs> you know, Kazdan did a lot of the character development and, and, and writing for solo and, and it all, all comes together to create quite the iconic character. There's not, there's not quite another character like 
Han Solo. Oh, and there never will be. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, so many people credit him as their favorite. Uh, yeah. as, you know, their, their favorite character, um, you know, Hello Greedo, I know is a, is, is a huge Han Solo fan. Um, I James Lucino is a, a big Han Solo fan. He's written for Han Solo, um, and credits it as some of his favorite writing to do. So. Oh, she's got a piece of yarn. That's why. <laughs> oh, well, as long as it keeps her happy. Yeah. Sorry. Um, what would you say is, is is something we learn from original trilogy, Han? What what you know? What's the lesson we get from him? you know? Leia gives us the lesson of you know women can be strong and and, and powerful, mm-hmm. amongst other things. I'm not limiting her to being yeah just a women's rights activist. Yeah, uh, I get you. Luke gives us the lesson of you know sometimes you have to forge your own path. Don't listen to the crazy ghost people that tell you to kill your daddy. <laughs> Um, definitely don't do it. You know, what, what would you say is maybe something you learned or just something you see learned from Han Tholo? Han Tholo. <laughs> Han Tholo. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and ignore that. Okay. Um, I'd say there's definitely... You learn kind of, I don't know exactly how to put it, but in the way that he treats uh, Luke in the first film, when he's talking about the Force, he's definitely cynical. He's definitely like, that's not real. Uh, That can't be real. There's no proof. Mm -hmm. I've never seen it. Therefore, it's not real. That kind of thing. And there's definitely, you know, a lesson there of... Don't discount something just because you haven't seen it for yourself. Don't, you don't know how real it is for someone else. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Like, don't, don't be a butt face about someone's beliefs. That's a big one. But also, you know, what you've been told your entire life may just be not the truth. You know? Or not the whole truth, yeah. Not the whole truth. Exactly. You know? That's a really good one. Yeah. Um, actually, a few years back, I was listening to a radio station. Um, a shout out to Rock 1061 down in Savannah. Best uh, best rock and metal station. Um, we have not <clears> been <throat> able to find its equal. Anyway. No. Yeah. No. The one and only guys. So uh, they were, uh, one of the hosts was talking about a, an artist that he met from a band that'll go unnamed. Um you know, and he met him and was like, hey, man, I think your band is great. I really love this one album and this one song. And the artist was like, why the heck do you like that? That was our worst album. That was the stupidest song on that album. Yeah. You know, you could, of, of all the things I've done, that's what you like. And, you know, and it was very much a like, wow, wow, you're a jerk. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it was very much of clearly you have some opinions about your work. Yeah. But this person just told you they loved it. Exactly. And you just crushed that because you don't like it. Yeah. You know. It's like people who go up to George Lucas when they meet him and mm, rail on him because of the prequels. Or 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 even the people that don't meet him and just do it 
online in general. Exactly. Han Solo may never... Oh my gosh, Han Solo. <laughs> George Lucas may never read your tweets. He probably doesn't. Yeah. But the idea that you're still putting out there this negativity about something that he, he created, yeah. that he, he enjoyed doing. You know, I mean, say what you will. Yeah. But he did what he wanted to do. Exactly. With telling the, the, the story of the prequels and such. Yeah. And it was and, his baby. Yeah. Uh, he did what he wanted to do. Obviously he thought of fans and had the community in mind, but at the end of the day, he was telling the story he wanted to tell. Yeah. Um, and heck, he made a movie. Yeah. I can't make a movie. So, uh, it, I, I think that, that it is a good lesson in the sense of Han could just believe that the force is crap and, and not, you know, squash Luke's dreams. I mean, yeah. this kid just lost his family. Just, left behind everything he knew mm-hmm. and was kind of just like, all I've got to believe in is the force in this old guy. And <laughs> Han just told me it's crap. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of like the one thing I believe in right now, you just said is a hokey religion, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Luke even has that kind of combative of like, you know, well, y- you prove something, it, yeah. it, you know, and of course everybody has the interesting, well, Surely Chewbacca told him stories. Yeah. Um, I to that I won't linger on it, but I'll say you're assuming that Chewbacca had a lot of experience with Jedi. Yeah. Like, um, there was one w- Wookiee Jedi. Well, in uh, well, in oh, well, there's a Padawan in uh, Clone Wars, uh, but yeah, we're getting there. You're not there yet. You got a while. Not there yet. Um. My well, I mean more so that you're 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 acting as if Chewbacca was, you know, had all the Jedi on speed dial. Yeah, <laughs> he saw he saw Yoda that one time. Yeah, and that was it. You know, Yoda says, "Yeah, he has a good relationship with the Wookiees, but he could, could just be talking about Tarful, the yeah. you know the the tribe leader. He he doesn't necessarily he he doesn't necessarily imply that he's best friends with Chewbacca specifically. <laughs> he's just like." Hanging out with Tarful, playing playing Sabak. Yeah, I, like I'm, I mean, I'm sure. Okay, you know, maybe Chewbacca heard about that weird green dude that Tarful hangs out with. Yeah, uh, but likely, you know, like Chewbacca didn't have the most experience with Jedi, so I, I don't imagine he would have had a million stories to be like. No, I've seen Jedi pull star destroyers from the sky. No, like. Yeah. He didn't see a whole lot. And in <laughs> he fact, was just there. Yeah, and the one Jedi he saw ran away. Exactly. Uh, so it, it's, it's just a lot of... Yeah. I don't I don't know that Chewbacca had a whole lot of... I'm sure, you know, we know that Wookiees have an, a concept of the Force. Um, but we don't know if Chewbacca was religious. We don't, you know... Yeah. So, he celebrated Life Day, but that's about right. it. Oh, that's yeah. probably because that of the thing. presence yeah. and the VR. Um... <laughs> so you know there there's still a lot of reason for Han to be like I've never seen it. This is all some hocus pocus. Yeah, so um I definitely think you know that that's a great thing to pick up on from the character of Han Solo. Yeah. I, I I think I've always gotten the idea and I shared it on our Monday motivations where you know I've always gotten the idea of just go for things. Yeah. People people will tell you things are wrong, they're impossible, they won't work. Yeah. Um Go for it anyway. Yeah. Try. Get creative. Uh, do do something no one expects you to do. Yes. And, and 
And on yeah. the other side of that, don't be that guy. Don't. You, like, oh, don't yeah. be a jerk. <laughs> yeah, don't, you know, it, it's almost the contrast of yeah. don't be the one telling the odds and, and yeah. don't be the one that listens to the don't odds. Don't be a C-3PO. Right. For Pete's Never sake. be C-3PO. Don't. Hey, when, when you have the option of Han Solo or, or C-3PO, choose C-3PO. <laughs> oh, wait, no. 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 No, no don't you already take said that it. You already said oh, it. Oh, it's in the universe. Oh, oh. you got to do it now. Anthony Daniels is coming to our door at the moment. Ugh. Yeah, and also one last thought on the whole, you know, attitude about the films. If you if you're one of those people that says, you know, I could have done it better, you didn't. Well, I mean, there's like, people that are like, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, there, there was. Well, there was that. There was that fan group that was like, hey, we're gonna remake the Last Jedi. Which everyone was sharing as a joke. Well, and the thing is, like, Ryan Johnson was like, yes, please. I would watch that. I want to see To it. make fun of you. Oh, well, I, I mean, I, re- I legitimately want to see you try. Exactly. Making but, a movie is hard. Uh, you know, it's something you touched on, but that we'll move on quickly from. Not, not because it's not something we couldn't talk about for a while, but it's because it's something we could talk about for a while. Yes, and we have... Very little time. <laughs> yeah, but um, Han and Leia's relationship yeah. is a great relationship. Um, but part of what makes it great is also what makes it uh, doomed to fail in that, you know, you have these two strong-willed, passionate people. Yeah. Um, and I do truly believe that Han and Leia loved each other. Oh, yeah. I don't think that was the question. I think I think what came about was kind of a loss of purpose and hope yeah. for Han in particular. Yeah. It seemed like a lot of the, the pulling away was on Han's part. Yeah. And, I mean, you can really sympathize with Leia and just be like, well. <laughs> yep, that happened. I just watched the person I love lose all hope, and I'm just gonna, you know, do what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean. I'm gonna cause... give him space, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just let it, let it, let what happened happen. Yep. So. He's not gonna talk to me. I'm cool with it. Which, speaking of, um we'll kind of transition into talking about a little bit of that and the sequel trilogy and uh, the most recent of Han's appearances and development and, and uh, wrap it up. Wrap up that Caesar Han. salad wrap. Oh. I was going to wrap up Han, but okay. And a tight Wookiee blanket. Mm. Outro. All right. Once again, thanks for sticking out this with us. I think this is probably going to end up being our, Longest episode due to rambles and sidetracks and just conversation in general. So, but hopefully you're enjoying it uh, as we delve deep into Solo um, as a character and whatnot. Coming up to the end, sadly. Um, so, talked about his uh, younger years, the the golden years, and talked about uh, the classic, uh, the original trilogy experience of Han and some of his uh, development there. Um, so now, you know, we get post-Return of the Jedi, after the original trilogy. Um, we kind of started talking about his relationship with Leia. All, all of this is very deeply delved into in the Aftermath trilogy of books, um, which, if you haven't read, is a great read, especially with such little content coming um, that dealt deals with after episode six. Um, so this is great to see sort of that, that time period, the end of the war, the end of the empire, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and we even get a little bit of him in battlefront two's campaign, 
Um, lots of tidbits here and there that piece together. Eventually, the Han that we meet once again in The Force Awakens. Yeah. So, um, arguably, The Force Awakens gives him his most development, his most selflessness, uh, in contrast to his more typical character of looking out for himself and mm-hmm. uh, being being his own uh, best friend and, and, and being out for his own interest and whatnot. Yeah. So, now to you too. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna get her. Maybe she's <laughs> she she is just persistent on interrupting this podcast. Yeah. Uh. So support us on Patreon so we can get a a, a muzzle for this kitty, or, or or give her some sort of toy that will occupy her in uh, the podcast hours. So, hopefully, hopefully she's been dealed with. Hopefully. We'll feed her to the Rathars, if not. No, I um, like that cat. I like her when she's not being annoyed. Anyway. You say that about me, too. I say that about most people. <laughs> so, all in all, you have, as we were kind of starting on, you know, you have these two passionate people. You have Han and Leia, passionate about their own things interested in their own things very strong characters yes very who have an attraction but they're kind of like a venn diagram where a majority of their their character is not overlapping with each other you know uh, they're still very much in their own realm and they have this little bit of overlap where there's a relationship um so there's a lot of tension in 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 strife in in that little bit of area trying to make that work they both love each other you know like like you said i i I do believe they loved each other but i think they just couldn't get over themselves in some ways in order to make it all work yeah um and so you have never mind the endings of the war the the battle of jakku and all this other stuff which they weren't present for you know there was there was a lot of things that pulled them out uh most specifically that leia was pregnant and uh was uh busy bearing ben solo yes um and so do you think ben was a cute baby i mean adam driver so (laughs) probably probably yeah he's a cute adult yeah so i'm pretty sure he looked good um He's got those solo genes. <laughs> and so, but the, unfortunately for Ben is he's kind of stuck, like I said, in that center of the Venn diagram of his parents. Yeah. Um, Which, like, that's a rough situation. Yeah, it's big and, and it, it becomes significant in his fall um, to the dark side. And, and early on, we even see that as Leia was discovering, you know, of course she had been turned on to the idea now that, okay, I come from a Force-sensitive family. I have some connections to that. You know, I I know that that's a thing. I've had weird experiences I can't explain. So she, she understands the Force a little bit more. Obviously not Jedi level of understanding, but she has an awareness yeah. now of She's her. definitely Force-sensitive. Yes. Um, and because of that, and, and especially, you know, she recounts how 
uh, her her connection with Ben while he was in the womb. But then, you know, even after he was born, Han notes that, hey, you and Ben have a closer relationship because of the force than I'll ever have with him. Yeah. So there's already this idea in Han's head of, you know, you're already set up to be a better parent than I am. Mm-hmm. Number one, he wasn't comfortable with a lot of things. Very off kilter to the idea of a little human and taking care of it. And it's and then to different. find out, oh, my wife has a superpower I don't have and is always going to end up being better than me yeah. uh, with this child. You know, he already kind of had this sort of inferiority complex. Yeah. And it's rearing a child is already difficult, but like, I, yikes. <laughs> That, that already is a very, it's a special kind of relationship that, I mean, a bond between a mother and a son, or a mother and their child in general, is very strong, but you add that times ten, literally being able to read your child. Yeah, yeah, having that deeper connection, um, yeah, it definitely sets up for a lot of I think that's a part of why Han, I think in in some ways Han gave up with trying to relate to his son because yeah. of that, because he was like, you know, I'll never get on the same level with you as your mother. So yeah, I'm just going to leave it. And I think be. Ben may have read that as, you know, my, my, my father doesn't love me. Exactly. It, you know, he's not trying. He doesn't care. Um, you know, there's that very heart wrenching, you know, bit in the last Jedi where, you know, uh, Ray's like, why did you kill him? He was your father. You had a family that loved you. You know, of course, coming from someone who didn't have that. So she's like looking at it all with rose-colored glasses. And, and uh, Ben's like, you know, you think he would have been a great father. He would have disappointed you. And there's yeah. that chest-hitting moment where it's like, oh, man. Yeah. He, he's been through some things with this. He, he He's, you know, Han sort of redeems himself in our eyes because... It's Han, and he seems to be taking a liking to Rey. He probably tried his best, but then to hear and think of this idea that maybe Han didn't try his best. Maybe Han did give up a little too soon on relating to his kid, and, you know, it's it's difficult to swallow. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, it's one of those things, like, admitting that one of your heroes... Is flawed. Is extremely flawed. Yeah was probably not a great dad. Yeah. And and again, you don't imagine that it would go that way. You imagine Han and Leia get this white picket fence, it all works out, and it's all okay, and their son turns out perfect. But this is, it's realistic. When you look at the characters of Han and Leia and look at what they're dealing with, yeah. you put a child in the middle of that, that child's going to suffer because of the, the vacuum that's left as his parents are pursuing their different yeah. passions, you know? Han fills his time with uh, racing and with managing a shipping company. He, like, he's trying to find these other things to fill and satisfy, and they end up taking him away from his family a lot. He does stay in contact, but for the most part, he's disconnected. And then you have Leia, who's establishing the new uh, Republic and uh, eventually getting on to the, the soapbox of the, the First Order is real, it's dangerous, we need to hunt it down. You know, all in all, they're both dealing with things that take them away from the responsibility of their child and yeah. 
you know, Ben's just left there in that yeah. space. Um, you know, it's no wonder he probably was eager to go with Uncle Luke and train to be a Jedi because maybe then, you know, my parents will see me. Maybe then my parents will care. Yeah. Uh, if I become a great Jedi. And if anything, that makes Ben even more of a tragic character. Like, he has literally been let down by every adult that he loves. Mm, yeah. Luke what, tried to kill him. His yeah. parents abandoned him, basically. Yeah. Well, you know, this is this is how you get to the point of Ben Solo in The Last Jedi, where he's like, I am a monster. Mm -hmm. He believes the hype. He believes the stigma. He believes, you know, the concern of everyone around him that this kid is going to explode. This kid's going to do something bad. He's too powerful. He's too great. Mm -hmm. You know, he buys into it and he says, yes, I am. You know, much like his father, he's a victim of his circumstances. Yeah. He's been made to accept himself as the monster that he says he is. Yeah. Um, and if anything, it's it's a very interesting parallel to Anakin. You know, he grew up in a pretty broken home. Like, he did not have... Mm -hmm. He didn't have the family that he thought he deserved. Mm -hmm. And... The moment someone reaches out to him and tells him he's special, he, you know, he goes, yeah, he goes he's on it. Absolutely, immediately towards that. Mm -hmm. Because, like, everyone wants to know that they're special. Yeah. Everyone wants to feel a connection. Yeah. Well, and then, too, while Anakin's buildup was largely positive, being, oh, he's the chosen one. Yeah. You know, Ben was much more negative in that, uh, especially if you read the book uh, Bloodlines, what it what it uh, largely is about is the fact that it becomes public that Leia's father is Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, and that bleeds over to Ben. And that's how Ben finds out his, his family tree. Ben mm -hmm. finds out who his family is by the news saying, you know, this kid's granddad is a Jedi killer. And, you know, that again, that cements this this is why everybody's scared of me. This is why no one likes me. This is why my power frightens people and pushes people away. Yeah. Um, so a lot of his stigma mm -hmm. was negative. Um, and they both handled that in different ways. Uh, this became the Ben Solo uh, yeah. episode there for a minute. Sorry. Um, Which we'll do like a whole... Oh, we'll have to. Oh, we'll point. have to. It's um, going to be probably like a family counseling. Yeah. <laughs> Solo Skywalker family. Now, you know, I, I think the big thing to take away and, and why we could go on is because of the parallels again of Ben was made the way he was. Ben, yeah. ben went through some things that developed him into who he was, much like Han was developed into who he was. Yeah. Um, You know, Han didn't have a family. He didn't have experience with being a part of a family, being... Uh, in a family, being responsible for a family. Yeah. So, of course, all of a sudden having that thrust upon him, he's not quite sure what to do. And so he decides, hey, you've got this. I'm going to kind of keep busy. <laughs> he kind of nopes out there for a minute. Yeah. And, and, and Leia kind of puts up with it. Han bounces back in and out there a little bit until eventually, you know, Ben falls and he takes it the hardest. He's yeah. He's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm filling in. Yeah. But he's like, you know, this is why I shouldn't have had a family. Yeah. This is why I should have just stayed on the Falcon and been a smuggler for the rest of my life. 
because yeah. uh, now I've I've ruined Le- I've ruined Leia's life, I've ruined Ben's life. I'm just I'm not cut out for this. Yeah. And if I could make a quick supernatural reference, there's an episode where um, the dad of the group, Bobby, is kind of going back to his past and he says something that I think is a very Han thing to say, where when talking to his wife about why he doesn't want to have kids, he says, I break everything I touch. Mm. And that seems like a very... It seems yeah. like a very Han thing. Yeah, I I feel like he wouldn't have thought of that until he had a kid and was like, "Yeah, this is probably not a good idea." Yeah, and I I think that's a big part of why he's like, "Here, he's probably better if you look after him, and I'll check in when I can," because you don't want me raising him. I I don't want him to look, turn out like me, mm. um, you know, and it all kind of confirms itself when. He falls to the dark side, and and he, t- I think Han takes it the hardest, in the sense that he's like, I was only ever good at smuggling. That's what I'm going to go back to. Yeah. Um, you know, and and so he has this regression back to the character that we, kind of see in A New Hope, you know, this kind of swindling, smuggling, rough-edged, cynical character of. Yeah, nothing, nothing works out. Yeah. Um, and and it makes sense for his character that he would go back to his first love of smuggling. Mm-hmm. Um, smuggling and snuggling. But, I, you know, obviously Ray and Finn kind of pull him back in, and, and I think Ray kind of gives him this glimpse of maybe there's something not all bad in this. Yeah. Uh, he kind of sees this as kind of a second chance of maybe something could be better if she comes along. You know, maybe if she joins the team, yeah. I could have a better chance. Um, I think he definitely want, wants to right the wrong that he perceives that he had done. He he wants to right the wrong without addressing the actual wrong. You yeah. know, he wants to right the wrong of being a better father by being a better father figure to Ray, mm-hmm. rather than confronting Ben and yeah. addressing his, his his sins. You know, just saying, "Hey, I messed up." Yeah. Uh, and and, and I don't think he intended to do anything yeah. until that moment he saw Ben. Until he saw his son and was confronted with the choice of, do I do something? Yeah. Either I let these people die or I reconcile with my son. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, I don't know that he went onto that bridge thinking, I'm going to save my son right now. Yeah. I think he was, he was going to take a chance. I, I think he was doing the Han thing and just kind of going for something. Yeah. He was like, you know, the odds are he's not going to turn, but I have to reach out. Yeah. I have to try. Um, Star Wars makes me sad sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, and so you get that great, you know, heavy emotional scene where he calls out to Ben, you know, and, and they have that interaction. and Which I need to watch that scene again just to make myself even sadder. Yeah. I love the I love the contrast to our usual story of the pool the pool is to the dark whereas Kylo's like no I want to stay in the dark that's where I feel accepted that's where I feel valued yeah. and I feel powerful I don't want to go to the light and, and, and so it's such an interesting difference uh, in in the usual Star Wars story 
And so, you know, he's kind of in that struggle when Han decides to reach out to him and, you know, he obviously Ben kills his father. Yeah. And that was a moment for me again, where it was just like, wow, that Mm -hmm. was Han Solo. Yeah. And if you think about it, it's, it's kind of the opposite of the struggle that Luke faced. Mm Mm-hmm. Like he, he didn't want to kill his father. Yeah. He wanted to bring him with him into the light. Yeah, and 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 Ben, I think wanted. I I think the struggle for Ben was like, it's one of those things where it's like, I hate you. You ruined my life. You did so much wrong. I can't wait to tell you off. And then you get the moment to, and you're like, Yeah, I can't. Exactly. You have. I have plenty of reason to hate you right now. I have plenty of reason to want to kill you. And people would probably say I was right for it, and I can't. And so in that moment, he was. I think that was his struggle is I, I want to kill you, but I can't. Yeah. And, and, and until he finally reached into the dark and, and ultimately made the, the decision to kill his father. Yeah. But I, I think that was the ultimate selfless act because yeah. I, I think, I think by then Han knew yeah. what he was doing. What is your opinion on the fan theory that it wasn't Kylo that, activated the lightsaber that it was Han. I don't know. I don't think so. I I don't really buy into it. It's a very interesting concept, but I don't think it holds much water. Yeah, I I don't It's not a good bucket. I don't see why Han would just do that. Yeah. Um in the theory that I've seen, it's, you know, Han knew that if he didn't die, he would have to kill his son, something like that. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think he would have been able to. I certainly don't think that anyone in Ben's life would be able to kill him. Except for Leia. See, I think the character with the best chance to kill Ben would, was Ray before she connected with him. Yeah. Um, but... You know, that aside, I don't necessarily buy into the idea. I, I believe that Kylo activated the lightsaber. Kylo killed Han Solo. I, yeah. I, I think that is what we were meant to see and accept, and that it mm-hmm. that that is what it is. And I think that's where, you know, he kind of starts to doubt both himself and the dark side in general is you know he reached out to me he had no reason to he still loved me for some reason and i felt something yeah it was very much this how dare you after all of this how dare you try and make things right and you know and snoke says in the last jedi like you know he's like i killed han solo and he's like snoke's like yeah and it it shook you to the core like Mm -hmm. it it ruined you You, you're you're now questioning. You're 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 faulty. You know, you're. It's one of those things where clearly Ben thought this is going to make everything better. If I finally just unleash my hate and kill my father, it'll all be okay. Yeah. And it wasn't. Yeah. He felt terrible for it because of that struggle with the light yeah. and dark. And and the same thing when he thought that you know Leia was gone. Mm-hmm. Like he he felt something there. He did not want his mother to die 
Yeah, and, and you know, and the novelization. Again, we're getting it a little bit in, more into Ben than Han, yeah. but you know, in the novelization, it does great to emphasize when he feels his mother, he feels hope, and it's kind of that sickening feeling of how can she still have hope? All yeah. of this, and she still has hope. Um, Ugh, Star Wars makes me so sad. It, it, I, but I think that was the intent of Han going out there is to say, "Hey, you know, we haven't I'm given sorry. up on you." Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm. I'm sorry. We haven't given up. We want you to come home. Yeah. Your mother wants you to come home. You know, I think his intent was clearly just to go out and say, hey, you don't have to do this. Yeah. You know, we we accept that we, we put you into this scenario, but you don't have to stay there. Yeah. And that's one of those things, like, you never expect someone who's wronged you to admit that yeah. they've done something. Yeah. And, and so I think that was the greatest selfless act of Han Solo was to say, I messed up. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where that, you know, you have that regression of you go from a character who's cynical to one yeah. who struggles with hope only to accept that, hey, I can put others first. And then to have it all fall apart and say, nope, I was right the first time. It all sucks. It all, you know, fails. Yeah. And then to have a reignited glimmer of there is hope yeah and he transfers that hope to his son by yeah. by and, reaching out yeah and i think he definitely recognized the same thing that these people who have hurt me in the past did to me i've uh, done to you yeah he, he he's continued um that that sort of you know beat down the hope you know yeah, which uh, just sounds like a rap group. Yeah, beat down the hope. That's that's the hip hop stormtroopers yeah. rap group. Um. So yeah, I think you know we we have so little of Han in this time period, but you know clearly we have a lot of thoughts on that, and uh, and certainly in his climactic finish and whatnot. And you know, I think it was such a great yeah. way for the character. Uh, to make that make that exit finally yeah. so um it was definitely a fitting end yeah um and so i, I think that pretty well kind of wraps up that sort of glimpse into han solo and that you know that really brings it to close you know in the end he made a selfless act in the end he brought himself out of that cynicism and and roughness and realized that you know it's okay to give of yourself for others, mm -hmm. uh, even if it's the greatest, you know, sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. I mean, um, he's such a well-written character for Pete's sake. Oh, yeah. And, and, and so much, you know, uh, the Han in the, in, in the Force Awakens versus the Han we first meet, you know, 30 years yeah. prior. It, it, such, a, such a growth and such a change. Um, and definitely, you know a great last minute redemption of I can make this right. And, yeah. and, and I think he did what he could do to make that right. And pushing his son a little bit towards the light, uh, you know, pushing his son to remember the light a little bit. So remember who you are. Ah. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that kind of wraps that end a little bit. Yeah. Um, we're definitely going to come back to the subject of the solo Organa 
Skywalker family and all of the messed upness that's going on. Um, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, uh, there, there's definitely more to talk about there. Yeah. All right, so lots obviously said at this point about Solo. Uh, I, I feel like we could and have gone uh, further than we intended. Um, but all good conversations, I think. All good stuffs. Yeah. Good things. And believe it or not, we have plenty more to say. Yeah. So, welcome to part two. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, uh, definitely I feel like we could get into a lot more uh, with Han Solo. Uh, this has kind of just been a primary look, mostly at the films, with here and there's of the other content. Um, but uh, definitely, you know, let us let us know your favorite Han Solo thing could be a scene, uh, could be a line, it could be some maneuver action he does. Let us know your favorite solo thing. Um, you know, hit us up on uh, Twitter or Facebook, whichever you prefer, uh, with that. Um, and uh, again, I bring up because it's an essential question Did Han and Chewie cuddle? I'm pretty sure. I don't think so. At least in the later years. Han's been through a lot. Sometimes you just need a cuddle. I don't, I don't think. I, I think there's a certain line in the bro code that you just don't cross. And I feel like cuddling is crossing. Well, ladies do not have the same code. Well. I'd cuddle with any of you. No, you wouldn't. I'd cuddle with Rebecca. Weird. I don't know. She's all the way in Southern California. Is she? Yeah. Oh. I read wow. your Twitter. That's far. Um, Anyway, so, well, thank you for joining us for this crazy adventure into the character of Solo and all of our little sidelines. Yes, we've gotten extra far too close. (laughs) Hopefully, though, you've enjoyed all of the conversations had today and all of the fun stuff. And hopefully you like Solo. If not, listening to this would be a little weird. Um, Maybe you like the character of Han Solo. As opposed to the real life Han Solo? I thought you meant like the movie. Oh, sorry. You silly Sander. Well, hopefully you liked both. Get the biscuits out of your ears. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so uh, this has kind of been the solo week a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely been fun and hopefully everybody got their copy of Solo. If not, go get it. Uh, yes. It's great. Great movie. You want a fun movie to ten just watch? Go watch Solo. Yes. Um, whether or not we get a solo duo or a solo trio. Solo dos? Who knows? Maybe. I kind of would be okay with it at this point. Yeah. Um, but, uh, in, in the meantime, make sure, like I said, interact with us on the Twitters and the Facebooks. We have a Patreon. You can follow us there for extra stuff. Eventually we will have a solo only, the film, not the character, uh, (laughs) review up there as well as other things and uh video content we'll do some we have some uh reviews of comics and other books and all kinds of good stuff all kinds of extra nerd herder goodies over on patreon and while there if you like us uh want to see us continue and thrive and send our cats to college then consider (laughs) giving a dollar a month or five dollars or a million dollars uh you know whatever whatever you just have lying around it would really uh, go a long way to support the show. Uh, make sure, if you like this episode, to rate, review, share, all that good stuff. Uh, and, you know, 
if you haven't already, go back and check out our other stuff. Yeah. All that good stuff. All of that awesome, awesome beans. Awesome beans. Also, don't forget, it's New Comic Book Day. Get your comics. Lots of stuff happening this month in October. Hopefully you got your books that were released Tuesday. We went hunting for them and could not find them. So that means you guys they must have... For you got them first. Um, so looks like, yeah, we'll be picking them up uh, digitally or, or, or at least through Amazon or something. Yeah. But um, Sponsored. Yeah. Please. Now, if you don't know what we're talking about, what comics, what books... How can I know what these things you speak of are? Lucky for you, time is relative. Go listen to our yesterday podcast. Our yesterday podcast. <laughs> uh, our, our Tuesday show, The Data Dump. Yes, we covered all of that goodness and greatness of Star Wars content that's coming out this month. Lots of it. So uh, if you're unaware, uninitiated, go check it out. Underwear? Uh, un- under there. Where? There. What babe? There. The lid, Megan. The babe with the power. What power? Power of voodoo? Hoodoo? You do. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this has turned into a whole bit. <laughs> All right, it's time to close. I All have right. been your herd leader, John Wayne. And I've been your very sleepy herd mom, Megan. And stay scruffy. And keep it scruffy. I said that already. I know. Oh my, I, I like double my- scruffy. Keep we it cannot so ha- no. very scruffy. No, singular scruffies only. May no the double force scruffies. be with you, you weirdos. Goodness gracious. Good night. This is a mess. <laughs> Bye. I quit.